Welcome to Deathly Hallows uh, Review Part 2. Like I said last week, uh, our review uh, session, our recording session went over four hours in length, and we didn't want to put an episode that long, so we decided once uh, the review is over, let's split into two parts. And so if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to it, because things may be out of context for you. You may not know where exactly where we were. So once you've done that and you've already all caught up, Join us with here in this podcast, and we're about to pick up where the gang was talking about the burial Dobby, and before everybody, the gang in the book uh, plans their assault on Gringotts. So, Dakota, Nikki, Tim the Past, take it away. Harry devises a plan. We have to go into Bellatrix's uh, vault and Gringotts in order to get the um, couple, the couple of uh, a couple of Hufflepuff. And so, another yeah, we have another uh, another another Mission Impossible mission going on here with Grip Hook in the lead, helping him get in there. Your feelings in this sequence, sequence compared to like uh, on its own, and then compared to the Ministry of Magic mission. I'm not gonna lie, I actually really preferred the build up. Like, once, they, like, Harry gets his shit together, he goes, talks, like, goes, interrogates uh, Grip Hook about how to get in there. He's like, okay, you two will talk about that. Nat, but, and then he goes to, uh, and interrogates um, uh, Ollivander. I love that sequence because it's like, you get so much information out of that. Like, th- I feel like at this point, I mean, my personal opinion was the book was, the book was good, but slow up until this point. And at this point, someone threw a brick on the gas pedal. Yes. And we're now cooking with gas. Yes. And, like, like really, like, Ollivander explains everything, but the, didn't understand what the Deathly Hollow connection was. Yeah. yeah. So and then it's like, okay, Harry's now figuring some shit out. Hermione and Ron are like, oh, we don't believe in the Deathly Hollows, but Harry, you're, like, kind of stupid for thinking about it. But Harry's like, ha, ha, ha. And every time they say that in the past, he was right. Yeah. 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 That's just fuel to Harry's fire. Yeah. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me now to the side. Ooh. <laughs> or, okay, anyway. or, or my favorite meme making fun of that is it, give me fuel, give me fire, give me yabba dabba do. It's Fred Flintstone's face, like James Hetfield's body. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh. <laughs> With Shell Cottage, like I like that they're making this really intense and really kind of dangerous plan in such a serene location. Yes, like, like, I think, and they're surrounded by Ron's family, so this is actually kind of the safest they've been in a long time. So you have this beautiful, like in my mind, this is like the perfect place to live, and they're creating. Some, this plan that could literally go so, so wrong because yeah. Gringotts is set up for it to go so, so wrong. So I think that's why, like, to me, this stands alone. Um, and I like the whole, I did like how the movie portrayed them getting into Gringotts, like yeah. getting into Gringotts. Um, I, the whole getting out, I didn't really like as much, but I like the idea of this, like, decap, like decrepit old dragon too because like this poor dragon's been beaten and yeah so i like the idea of like once again you know they're they're protecting magical creatures especially since they did all these goblins dirty so it's kind of cool for them to do that sequence um and i like the idea of the like not being able to touch things because they multiply yeah i thought that was a cool spell which which i do find funny Uh, one of the YouTube pages that uh, Dakota and I are a fan of, I brought him up before, The Unusual Suspect, mm-hmm. when he did his review of this movie, like, why isn't there, like, if you have a spell like that, what's it like with counterfeiting 
in the Wizarding World at that point. Well, this, this spell was also well, there's safeguards against counterfeiting, and they have to. There has to be. Yeah, I'm it's all goblin that. made. So, right. But at the same time, this spell is too. It's really torturous because not only are they multiplying, they are becoming red hot. Yeah. Yes, and they're they're there's. So they burn hot, like the cold. heat's gonna kill him before anything else, yeah. and that's you'll die of burns. Yeah, yeah, you'll just yeah. But doesn't Lupin want to come on him with this? That was way back before they even broke into uh, the uh, the ministry. Okay, like for some reason this I, I Lupin comes back at this point because of Teddy Teddy being born. Yeah. He's yes. Freaking out. Well, no, but he, was well, he was freaking freaking out, out earlier, and then now he's like, oh, Teddy's born. Yeah, and he's and you've wanted to talk about this that moment. Before. Yeah, I was going to wait till do the character thing. But okay, then we'll we'll put a pin on that. We'll come back to it. Then. Yeah. So they go into Gringotts. They get guns drawn. Yeah, yeah, guns drawn. <laughs> no, so uh, there go- was a guy, there was one guy with six guns. <laughs> it was hell on earth. There was a firefight. We just cut okay, to but, the montage no, of that. But um, no. So they help oh, one. Uh, Hermione actually has some hairs from Bellatrix on her from the fight. Yes. They actually have Bellatrix's wand. So they're going to disguise as Bellatrix and some random dude yeah. to get into Gringotts. Harry would go in with the invisibility cloak. Yes. Um, and because they, like because now they know that something is, is hidden in Bellatrix's vault. Yes. So they're going to do that whole thing, and then the whole plan kind of goes to hell because one of the other Death Eaters like meets up. It's like, didn't you lose your wand? And then Harry uh, uses one of the unforgivable cor- curses against him. Yeah. Because this was a chapter where the unforgivable curses just became like a thing. Harry did. Like it was, it was, it was a phase. Yeah. <laughs> It's not even so much a phase. I think it's getting to the point where this is like we're leading up to the final countdown. So like I think he's getting desperate. I knew, I knew. Once I said it, I regretted my word choice. But I, I think it, it's getting. He's getting desperate at this point. He knows he's that close to the end. So the, I don't like. I think that's why he was less morally opposed to using these curses because they're strictly desperation. Like, he he meant them no ill will, but he just needed them to do. He needed... And he didn't want him to go running back and then go find out that Bellatrix is fine in in the, you know, the mansion. Yeah, yeah, so they get Imperius cursed the goblin, the Imperius cursed this, um this Death Eater, so they can get to the the mine cars, so they go. And I lo- I, I laughed a little bit when Harry just Imperius curses the Death Eater. He's like, go hide! And he just, and the guy try- finds the tiniest crack to slither himself yeah. into. And it's just like, okay, I guess he's just stuck there now. And- what is it called? The, the Frauds Falls? That they go through the water. Oh, that's uh, a that's a that's a where that's what like every jinx and like charm is uh, washed away washed from them. Yeah, which is so clever and something that goblins yeah. would have and everything. Yeah, like but that. that was for the high security vaults like Bellatrix's vault. Yes. Uh, let's see here. What is that called? And she sounded the alarm too because she knew she had been stolen from. Yeah. So they are breaking in after. She had been put on high alert. Well, she doesn't know that because they convinced her that it that they had they the replica. Had the fake, yeah, yeah. But she still, I would have called. Yeah, just to make sure. If somebody was like, "No, it's just kidding. Your bank hasn't been compromised." Yeah, and so they get the correct uh, goblin and everything like that, and alarms being raised, and Death Eaters coming and goblins coming in. Like, what the hell are we gonna do? And so. 
decide to uh, free Smog and ride him out of Gringotts. He's yeah. still looking for it. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I was trying to like read too, see if we can get it, like what the name of the falls. The Oof. Thief's Downfall. The Thief's Downfall. Oh, clever. I mean, I... Wait, yeah, like, did I write that? I mean, like, that's what he's like, <laughs> this is going to be so clever. Or something like that. What's it What's it called? The Thief's, Thief's Downfall. downfall. What Duh. What you call it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do like the idea of them escaping off of the dragon. I yeah. Like, I like when they And it burst through the well, roof of yeah. Ringo. Yeah, dramatic fact. And then everyone in the wizarding world hears that Harry Potter broke into Gringotts and then left on the back of a dragon. It's like, what? Like, you can't pay for that no, kind of you, publicity. <laughs> and then you wonder, like, you imagine, like, some of the Death Eaters is like, oh, all right, all right. okay, I know with Voldemort and, like, Heil Voldemort and everything like that, but, like, Heil Hitler. And then you're just, uh, Ray's Lost Ark reference there, people. And, but you know, I wonder, like, this kid, He's making moves and everything like that. Are you sure we're here? No, but like, the thing is, at this point, nobody knows what Harry's doing. Yeah. He's de- he went to ground. Nobody, people are people like. People are rumoring that he's dead other than like the, he's dead their yeah. secret. Yeah. and everything like that. And now the rumors are he broke into Gringotts. And not only did he break in successfully, he broke out successfully on the back of a dragon? I just wish there was like what? a mon- like The ima- balls on this kid. Imagine Holy crap. Finding Nemo when it's the montage of Marlin journey crosses the ocean and gets to Nemo. I wish there was a montage like that for, for Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. And just imagine two wizards doing it. Get on it. that, fan fiction people. And, just, and like, <laughs> like two sword fists, just like, do you yeah. know it was like this? And everything like that. When they get to Hogwarts, only like a day or two has passed since then. Yeah, I mean, because they word spread super quickly. Like I said, we're going, whoa. Dakota's jacket slides up the behind the couch. I was like, is there, like, a cat or something? Yeah. Well, I'd be like, well, it's I, Nikini! I, <laughs> I'm like, I, I'll just kick, like, uh, Dakota to the knees, like, I can outrun you! And just leave you to die. I hate you, Ginger! <laughs> Total Ginger fashion, just leave you, yeah. leave somebody behind. I like it. I'm glad you went straight for Dakota, so I still have, while you're fighting it out with him, I can still get away. <laughs> but I would, I would, I would just let torture you for the rest of your life, like, you know what? You abandoned him to a snake. You could have conquered your fears that night. Yeah, I'd no. be like, you motherfucker kicked him in the knees. <laughs> you like, killed you him. Like, and then probably, be dead. Like, that's just... Like, he may find my puns. I get sli- I, I'll sleep beautifully tonight. My puns literally slayed. <laughs> and it'd be like, it'd be like the line from The Untouchables. Like, would you rather it have been you that got killed? No. Well, no. Go home and hug your wife. Sleep beautiful tonight. And everything like that. And so, they decide, all right. They destroy the cup. They did. They do. No, they. They. they, they no, did, they, they didn't. Did. They didn't. They didn't. I apologize. I'm getting my my facts kind of mixed up. Because they don't have the sword. They don't have the sword. And so they decide. All right, let's go to Hogwarts. Yeah. What was the thought process of going to Hogwarts well, again? Is because Harry the Horcrux needed to go to Hogwarts because Harry, the diadem was there. Yeah. Well, Harry was like, "We have to go to Hogwarts. We have to go." And they were like, "No, it's too dangerous. It's too dangerous." I'm like, "We've already yeah. gone to the Ministry. We've gone to Gringotts." I'm like, yeah, well, like "Are we gonna go for a hat trick here? Like, we're we're pushing yeah, our luck here, guys." Well I mean, it's like you, like Han Solo like eventually like got his comeuppance like when we trying to push things too far. So never tell me the odds. And that was the thing. He was. They were coming up dead ends on where the diadem would be. Yeah. So like. The only reasonable place it would be would be Hogwarts because they know, well, at least Harry has told them that he went back to Hogwarts to try to get the sword and was unsuccessful, 
which means that he had to have done something else while he was in the building. Yeah. Wait, he was he went back for the sword. I thought he went back just to do the diadem. To, well, he was trying to get um he was trying to get the job. Right. So he was trying to get the sword because the sword was in the office. But he was trying to he was trying to uncover more secrets and stuff. I never thought about the he was trying to get the yeah. sword. I just thought he was he was just doing no his. because a part of his soul went to Harry accidentally. That would have been a part of the soul. That would have been one piece of his soul that would have gone into the sword of Gryffindor. Okay, but I never read it as he was after the sword. He was just there. Apart from asking for the job, he was planting the diadem where where it laid. I, I figured, like at, at that point, because it was they, like a multifaceted. If he was going to Hogwarts, yeah. it was he was doing. I mean, he, the, the dude the brought was, back up because they yeah. were in Hogs, like the Death Eaters. Like his first form Death Eaters were in Hogsmeade mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I, I mean, I, I think that's one scene I would love to have seen on film is like a younger version of Ray Fiennes, like. Still, like, like, still partially human, but, like, kind of mid-transformation and everything yeah. like that. Having that conversation with Dumbledore, that's something I wish I could have seen. Yeah. I, w- I wish... I think going forward, like, as... I don't really want them to remake the movies right away. Like, I do think that's going to happen at some point. But I do think they should... 25, 30 years from yeah, now. Yeah, like, I think they should do a, a Voldemort. I think they should do a story based off of him. Yeah. Because I think there's so much that you could cover and and I think it'd be compelling JK, enough. Yeah. We want you to write that book. I mean, especially I think if you're going to the back history of Dumbledore, you're going into back history of Grindelwald, I think Voldemort's the next logical step. Yeah. yeah if well, these do well, I think that cuz you I honestly don't think uh, James Potter and them I don't think that one's as are you interesting. Me? I, don't, I don't think the Marauders here they're have well, I think as a TV Marauders. series, it would be cool, but I think as a movie, I'd rather see Voldemort's life. I mean, yeah, yeah I guess so, but yeah. I mean... Shorter since, form, anyway. But the yeah. Marauders have, have a cult following behind them. Yeah. You go on yeah. TV and a type of Marauders, you get like 10,000 things, and some of them are really cool. Right. But, anyway, back to the book. So, they go to Hogsmeade and everything like that, and they go into the Hogshead, and that's when Harry discovers why... The person you've been seeing in the Shard of Mirror looks so familiar. Dakota, who is it? It is Aberforth Dumbledore. Yes. Dumbledore's brother. Uh, younger brother, right? Yes. 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 Aberforth, Young- I think, was the oldest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Aberforth was there and pretty much confirmed to Harry that whatever you knew about Dumbledore is incorrect. He was not – he's not – a. he's not the great untouchable person you think. No. Everything you read about is pretty much true. Yeah. And he, yeah, he still hold bitterness to him. He pretty much called out the fact that Dumbledore gave you this assignment to go hunt down all the Horcruxes. He would do that but, to a kid. But he never gave you instructions on where to find them, how to destroy them, what to do with them. Yeah. You're like, yeah. no. It's like, that sounds exactly like what my brother would do. He's using you, kid. But also, I think that's like, that is like 75 years worth of angst just built yeah, up. Yeah. And he's just Rush, lashing just out at it. Because they've reached civility. In, like, their later years. Yeah. But now that I think he's dead, I think all of those old wounds have been freshly opened. Yeah, because I don't think... Because they never they never reached a full reconciliation yeah. after what I mean, happened. how would you? Because, no. I mean, Aberfoot... One, Aberfoot lived in Dumbledore's shadow. He yes. was in school. And the fact that Dumbledore was so uh, enthralled with his ideals and could care less about his family bothered... Aberfort to no end. So I think that even before the death of his sister, who Aberfort was super, super, super close with. Kendra. Um, but I thought he was closer with the sister, not the mother. 
Oh, Kendra's the one. I'm sorry. Uh, no, okay. I was like, like, Kendra and Lamar? Like, what? Yeah, Kendra Lamar. <laughs> um, yeah Ariana. no, so like, I think he was so close with Ariana. I don't, I really don't think any of them were that close with the mother other than the daughter. No, I, yeah, no. Right? Well, like, no, I, Ke- Ariana killed Kendra. Well, that's the thing, but the daughter was close with the mother. It was like a, it was an accident that she killed Kendra. Yeah, which, actually, if you really think about it, she could have, because she was, I mean, the rumor is Ariana was a. Obscura. She was an well. She they was never, a squib. She was a squib, but that could lead to be having an obscurus. Yeah, that's wow. Because essentially, squibs squibs are born magical, but they don't have any power. Yeah. Whereas the obscurus have magic, but they've shunned it. And the reason I thought she wasn't a squib, I thought she was traumatized by the neighborhood boys, which is why their father went to jail. Isn't that why he went to jail? That's that because he because he turned, and that's why they moved to Gajakalo because Kendra wanted to get away from that and to bring um, Ariana into a safe. Who said that I didn't know this book? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I that was my understanding that they moved to get away from um, the boys that caused Ariana to essentially internalize her power, which we don't know what Obscura is. Nobody knew because that is that's used, from the Fantastic. They never, use that name. they never use it. That's a brand new. It's not even in the Fantastic Beasts Encyclopedia that she published. Um, but it would make sense because there would have to be people that would internalize their magical powers who would hate them because she was tortured because she couldn't control it, and they told her do it again, and she couldn't because she couldn't control it because she was a kid. So they, you know, they like. I don't know if they beat her up or they tortured her, but that's why their father attacked him. This is also a good reason why that how Grindelwald actually really knows what Obscurus is in the Fantastic yeah. Beasts and Where to Find Him because he's seen it firsthand. He's seen it firsthand. He saw the power that they and she would have been she would have been the oldest, wouldn't she? Because, she's younger. And Ms. that's why that's why he perked up. No, no, no when... I meant oldest in um oldest in fin- by Fantastic Beast standards because didn't they say like the oldest before? Oh my God, what's his name? The hat. Um, the head. Uh, what's his face? Newt. Ezra. Ezra Miller's character. Oh, uh, uh, uh says a J, I think. Not Justice. No. They all have, like, religious names. No! Oh, Not Jeremiah. Shit. No. <laughs> this is so bad. Checking! But, yeah, so, like, I thought he was the oldest, but before that would have been Ariana, right? Mm. Because she would have, what was she, 13? Yeah, and, but, and, like... And Newt did not know about her being in a yeah, because Newt he would just leave the kid in Africa was the only person yeah, he had really dealt with. And that was the only time, and that was when he abstract he tried to save her. So, um, where were they, where are they going with all this? Oh, because about it's how Aber, Aber, yeah, because essentially Ariana had power. It was just that she had turned because she was if she had been a she it was rumored she was a squib. And that they kept her away from people because and she was a squib, but wasn't she was an Albus ab- embarrassed by that? Um, I don't know if it was, or it was a family dirty secret and he didn't want to answer it because even later Dumbledore, like when Harry would ask him something, he didn't want to answer. He'd deflect. Yes. So it would make sense that he deflected questions about her, which only made people think that credence, uh, (laughs) I think it's religious. Like, what is it? Yeah. Uh, Credence. Apologies, people. And Ariana was 14. 14. So she would have been the oldest before credence. Yes. So and that would, which would spark the interest of Grindelwald, because if he could harvest the power of someone like Ariana, he would be that much more powerful. Yeah, but the, uh, Fantastic Beasts of Where to Find Him actually happens 20-something years after Ariana passed away. Ariana passed away yeah. in 1899. But that would make sense. Yeah. Because that, he was yeah, searching so, for that. Yeah. 
I just I keep thinking back to that moment when Grindelwald realizes what Credence is, and he immediately's like, Credence? Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because, because he knew exactly what... He had the rapport. He had everything he needed, and he screwed himself, which I think is... Sorry. So uh, he had everything that he needed. He had the rapport. He had he had almost the the, the lovingness yeah. from Credence, and he screwed it up. And he screwed it up, and he realized that he done fucked up, and that he could have had everything he wanted, which is what I kind of like. Um, I like that almost slap in the face that Credence is like, "No, bitch, it's too late." Yeah, because it's there. There's something there. The disconnect between people who are hyper intelligent and then you know, like uh, the social awkwardness. Yeah, that's what I think. Dumbledore, Grindelwald, what they had was that they're so smart they always thought they were more clever than everybody else and Dumbledore realized with age that that was wrong but Grindelwald never had that luxury um so I that's I thought that was until one of the coolest yeah until he was in prison and and reflected on all of that yeah um and so Aberforth like lashes like like this yeah, he does downloads kind of on, off on the kids like it's not really no because no because if I can make him feel bad I can make the, the idea of uh, Albus like I can just tarnish him just yeah. a little bit more and he's kind of relishing that yeah, a little bit stick the knife in just one last time and then 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 he's just like okay <sighs> all right and then he decides to help Harry well after he says something I'm looking up what what uh Go on with that. I'm looking up what Harry exactly says to Aberforth. Because okay. yeah, I, I think it makes sense, too, that at the end of the day, there's something about Harry, and it's how earnest he is on a quest, that people are willing to help him, that people trust him. So as much as Aberforth can't stand his brother and hates that Harry's on this quest because of him, I don't think he would have let him, and especially when he's been helping Neville and all of them that whole time. Yeah. So... And I love the fact that, like, all right, I need to get into, like, I don't care what you think about your brother or anything like that. That's not the problem. That's not the point right here. Yeah. I need to do this. And you're the only, like, you've obviously helped me. You send Dobby. And he helped them even get into the hogshead because they set off the curfew. And and he's just like, and he He's like, sorry, cat got out. You know, like, he was so quick to help them. So he wants to help. And he was a member of Dumbledore, not Dumbledore's, uh, the Order 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 of the Phoenix. Phoenix. So, you know, there was... An ability to work and to put aside the hate when, at the end of the day, it, I hate saying for the greater good, but essentially that's what it was for, the greater good. So he, I think the greater good has a – it's a coin. It has a heads and a tail in, in these stories. And the greater good for the Order of the Phoenix is different than the greater good that was based off of, you know, Grindelwald's principles. Mm-hmm. Okay. So pretty much um, Aberforth is just, just telling Harry just to give up, hide yourself – We'll all make it through this somehow or another. Yeah. And Harry just pretty much, essentially what Harry does is just call him out saying, like, I'm not giving up. I don't care if Dumbledore misfed me all this information. What's right is right. And I have to go fight Voldemort and I'll die trying. Yeah. And Dabbleforth is like, you're only 17. He's like, I'm of age. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I'm, I'm not the one that hasn't given up on fighting. And he's like, who says I've given up? It's like you just said. You, like, you'd rather just hide it out. I don't live happily. He's like, I'm not going to be happy with this. So he's like, it's like, then what? Then why don't you help me? He's like, I don't get a shit that Dumbledore used me. I have to do this. Now you can either help me, or you can either help me and help us get into Hogwarts, or you can not help us and we'll still figure out how to get into Hogwarts a different way. Yeah. 
kind of like tying his hands, and that obviously Aberforth doesn't want to see Harry die. No. So he kind of like just gives him an ultimatum of help us or don't. Right. I'm still getting in. So then help. Then he decides to help him. It's not like any convincing what no. went on, but because we find out the painting that's in the room with them is a secret passageway to the Hogshead to Hogwarts into the room of requirement. Correct. Yes. And I love what the painting is. Yeah. The, the, uh, the painting of Ariana herself. Mm-hmm. And I think and I think that's, it's so fitting. And I, and I think that's and I think it's yeah. a perfect moment. And I love that moment then when Harry realizes that. Yeah. And like and like the the painting acknowledges him and everything and then leaves and you're just like, wait, where'd, where'd you go? go? Because you usually go you go left or right out of painting. You never go forwards and backwards. Yeah. And I think that uh, why it's so cool. And you think of how powerful Ariana probably would have been had that never happened to her as a kid. Yes. That they're able to harness, like, power like that in her picture. So, it's it's a damn shame. Yeah, and it's great because she goes and gets Neville. And Neville yeah. brings Neville back. And it's like, I knew you would come. Yeah, no, yeah she goes back. Yeah, 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 she, yeah she, like, goes, she goes and gets older battle-scored John Connor to come back and everything <laughs> like that. John Connor. Yeah, like you imagine, like in like the beginning of Terminator Two, when you just see John Carter with scars with the, the binoculars, like that's Neville Longbottom. When I see him, that's how I imagine him at this point. Everything still with this goofy smile and everything like that, but and so yeah, but like he opened up the like, dude, you come back, and all three of them are like, Jesus, like what well, happened to you? Oh, I'm fine. Oh, lots of shit. I don't have time to explain it all, but you're back. And so they go to the room requirement, and then. Like, they're almost treated like Che Guevara and, like, his followers and everything. They're, they're willing to follow him to death, to follow him to the bitter end. Yeah. And he's like, I can't do it with you. I got to go alone. And they're like, and it's like the typical Star Trek thing. Like, okay, you've always gone alone. Has it ever worked? No. You need our help and everything like that. Devil calling him out. Yeah, and he totally grows a backbone and calls him out and everything like that. And says, like, all right, we need everybody. What do you mean? And it's, and... That's when people start coming in through the tunnel, and you hear people yelling in the tunnel, like, "What? Why are we there yet?" And everything, like, "Who the hell's in the tunnel with them? Yeah. Who shows up, Dakota?" Literally everyone. Everybody. Uh, not, no, we're not even joking. Literally everybody. everyone. Anyone you've ever met, even Oliver Wood. Uh, wood for wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Wood for Wood. Fucking Cho Chang. Cho Chang comes. Like, my favorite thing is Cho Chang shows up, and she's just like, "I want everything about that Harry Potter right now." And Ginny Reese's, I want everything about the Harry Potter right now. <laughs> I want to make it a soundbite, right? Now. Always like, when I ask you to say something again, you do it without hesitation. Everybody else is like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. But you write into it, so. Eventually you'll stop saying, can you repeat that no, again? never. Never. <laughs> no, but she's like, oh my God, Harry, I want you in me. And Ginny was like, what? No! Oh yeah, that was a, to- that was a total, that, that total moment. But there's one person in particular that comes out of the tunnel that... And I love this moment. It, but that was... Yes, but... I know it's later. I know it's a little bit later. Yeah, a little later, but eventually uh, Percy Weasley comes out. Yes. Finally. It's finally time for Percy Weasley to realize that things are done fucked up but he real- and help everybody. But he ex- when he explains it, he's re- he realized a while ago yeah. that he'd gotten fucked up, yeah, and, but, he, but he couldn't get out of it. Yeah. No. It's like a cult. He was in a cult. Yeah, and to protect everyone, he yeah, had to, he, he had to be playing along. So much, yeah. Yeah, like if, if I just but not suddenly just, show up not to he work and everything. A while ago, but like still, like years and years of like he went at his family. You want to talk? I mean, that is a cool moment of 
redemption, though. No, it, that starts on the path of, like, yeah. eventually they'll be redeemed Better. or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. But, and the fact that, like, but then Fran and George were actually really quick to forgive him. Yeah, I mean, because, and, like, like biggest, hater, biggest haters of Percy, but they were yeah. so quick to because forgive they, him. Because I think they won their brother back. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're family people too. Yeah. At the yeah. end of the day, as much as they tease each other, like they're they're the ones that well, I think Ron would probably have given him a little bit of a harder time, but they're more. Yeah. I mean, accepting. like I've gotten so many fights with my sisters where I have cut my hand open because I'm smashing it into something and yeah. I'm an object, and like I'm like I'm gonna throttle them when I see them, and as soon as I see them. Well, that's me and my sister. And I'm like, it's gone. Yeah. I call my sister uh, my part time enemy, but my full time friend. Because that's what it is. Like, we will fight. Like, nobody. And I say she's, like, one of the meanest people I know. But at the end of the day, that is my sister. And nobody messes with her. Yeah. No, I agree. With my brother and sister, too. Yeah. So. And, I mean, like, that's why, like, speaking of, like, like uh, family members getting angry. I think I've said this before. But did you ever see Punch Drunk Love? No. I don't think so. Well, Adam Sandler is, like, he's, like, one of eight. And he has seven older sisters that all pick on him. <laughs> and they all, like, and they all yeah. just take their shots at him. And it's, like, 30 minutes in his movie. And he's kind of a quiet and introverted person. You wonder, like, why is he so quiet? Why does he speak up? And he goes to a family party. It's because of them. And he finally snaps. And he smashes the sliding glass window doors. And he's, and he's like, goof, goof. And he smashes the windows because he just can't take it anymore. I'm like, I'm like. I've gotten close and I have only two sisters. He has seven. So I'm like, yeah. I understand where he's coming from. And I'm like, whew, I feel better about myself because I'm not in that situation. But so Harry decides, is like, all right, this, we have to, we have to deal with the Caros. We need to get, we need yeah, to. But the thing was that he got back. He had no idea what he was looking for. No. And the fact is that it's like, okay, you're back because you're going to help us take back Hogwarts. He's like, no. no. And you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, like his react, their reaction is the same as Ron and Hermione's, where when he originally said, "I'm going in alone," and they're like, "No, no, wait, no, you're not." Yeah. So it's funny that they're and it's like, oh, like, wait, do you have a plan? No, no, I don't have a plan, but like, you can't come. Yeah, but like, <laughs> like, but even Harry, no. but Harry was like, "We need, like, I just need to find something." And they're like, "Well, maybe we could help." And then he gives a look at Ron and Hermione, and they're both like, "Use them." So he's like, okay, I'll give you some of the information. Then he describes what he's looking for. And then obviously Luna Lovegood's like, the diadem! Diagonetic! Diagonetic! I was going to do it again, but I feel like I got it. Oh, he did it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting uh, So, but they're like, oh, well, we don't know what that looks like. And they're like, very close. Like, yeah, we do. There's a stat, there's a bust yeah. of her with it on. They're like, can someone show us? And Cho Ching is like, I'll show you, Harry. And she was like, no! <laughs> Luna, go! Okay, like, okay. Cho was like, ah, angsty. Very skipping. Like, of course. You know, like, everything's about to go to hell, and Luna's just like, that. <laughs> like, I was just in a dungeon. Like, I, I can imagine, like, the Battle of Hogwarts is going on, <laughs> yeah. and she's skipping through yeah. the battlefield as, it's like, like yeah. curse here, a curse there. <laughs> skip, skip, skip. Exactly. Picking flowers, cursing death either. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, and it's like, uh, no man's land around her and everything yeah. like that. Everything is crumbling like and she's Mad skip. Max and she'd be like dancing yes, in a field. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything is just de- like the dehydrated colors, yet she's just vibrantly like skipping in slow motion. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah boosh! Spin off for Luna. <laughs> I mean, I'd watch the spin off. I'd watch oh the spin off. Luna, Luna the Vampire Hunter. I don't know. I'm a Buffy Vampire Slayer fan, yeah, so I'm just like... I'm watching your face to see if you're, like, dissecting how that would work. I'm just like, just 
gears are turning. Because I put her in the supernatural setting, and I didn't like that either. <laughs> oh. So they go to Hufflepuff's... Um, common. But well, Raven, uh, Raven, wow, <laughs> like, Jesus! Raven uh, I apologize, people. Uh, Ravenclaw, Rapunzel. Rapunzel, Rapunzel. They go to Ravenclaw's uh, common room. They have to solve a riddle to go in there, which is I, I just find that really ingenious because the, the Ravenclaw is probably the cleverest of all the houses yeah. and everything like that. But what happens if you get it wrong? You're stuck. I love that. Like I like that. I think that's so cool. You don't have to remember a password each time the riddle's different, and like you just have to make a logical. Ar- it doesn't have. There's no right either. That's the best part. You just have to well reason. That's why Ravenclaw is not the smartest house because they literally just can wit their way out of anything. That's what you said. Ravenclaw is the lawyers of the Wizarding World. Yes. Whereas Hufflepuffs are the smartest because they put in the work. Gotcha. Just yeah. my S- Some Hufflepuffs are just like. Screaming at the speakers again. Um, so this they deal is with a Hufflepuff. Go Huffles. Uh, <laughs> so they deal with the carols and everything like that. Um, I like that. I like that because that in that brief period of time, you really get to fully feel um, the impact that they've had. Yes. Because I mean, we all know that I'm no fan of Umbridge, and when she was a teacher there, that I hated that. They're worse. They are worse. Yeah. They are unrestricted. They are, they have full access. They get to do whatever they want. And you know that they're not the brightest tools in the No. Shit, so. and, and it was funny um, watching the adaptation of it. And I realized, I'm like, why does the carols like, look so familiar? Oh, no, it wasn't even that. It was um, the movie The Witch that came out last year. Is that the one? Uh, it's like it's no, like. No, wait, set... I'm thinking of the witch hunter. Thing. No, I mean this is like it's set in like the 1600s in New England and everything. And it's just a small, um, very religious family dealing with witchcraft outside in in the woods around them and everything like that. The guy who plays the father um, plays the male Caro and everything like that. Oh. And I'm, I'm watching the movie. I'm like, why do I recognize this guy? And I'm like, oh, that's why because he played one of the Caros. Anyway, so Harry meets up with McGonagall and says, "What's going on?" Fight! We've come to liberate the school now, pretty much. Well, I've come for this, but you know what? Fuck it! Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it live. And I just so- love, I love McGonagall's reaction where the Carol's like, Harry Potter, he's here! And McGonagall's like, what the hell is he doing in Ravenclaw house? If, if anything, they, if he was He'd wasn't- be in my house, Gryffindor. And Harry's like, aww. Fucking love McGonagall. Uh, yeah. You can't hate McGonagall. No. And, and then so, the fact that when Harry throws off the invisibility cloak, he nearly gives her a heart attack. Like, she has to grab her chest and sits down like... <gasps> because, like, because you wouldn't... Because you thought they were just, like... The, the last I, person. I, last person in the world. And the fact that you said before, like, they're not the sharpest tools in the shed. And all of a sudden, yeah. they were right. And then public enemy number one pops up next to you. And so yeah. they... The entire school is organized to come down to the Great Hall to meet with Professor, I mean, Headmaster Snape. No, that was, no. No? No. The, Snape intercepts McGonagall leading Harry out. And Snape is like, come on, Potter, where are you? Where the fuck are you? Yeah. And then the fist fight, and then the fight between McGonagall and Snape occurs. Gotcha. And then he runs away, and McGonagall's like, fucking coward! Yes, and, and he then, and like he fl- then, he flies away in his own regard because him and Voldemort are the only two people who willing to do that. Yeah. So then McGonagall then assembles the rest of the school, says, "Everyone, we're under attack." Yeah. Anyone of age is willing to fight. Everyone else that's not of age, you have to leave through, through the yeah. room requirement. They were evacuated. Slytherins, you are you have to leave. Yes. Because conflict of interest. Yeah. 
So, and then it's like, okay, shit's getting real. So then the liberation of the Battle of Hogwarts starts to commence from there. Yes. And, 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 and um, Slughorn, like, stays and fights. You th- you figured he would have left. Yeah, I thought he would, but I think it, it was called out. Like, yeah, they called him out, on, and it's just like two, I think there comes a period of time where, like, you gotta pick a side. Someone like Slughorn, you gotta pick a side. Mm-hmm. And what side are you gonna pick? You're gonna pick whatever side you deem is going to win. Yes. And I think at this point, he put his eggs in the right basket. Yeah. And so, and so they put on Her- Ron and Hermione uh, go to the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, Wait, was that planned or was that just like? I think figure- they just had it. I don't think they planned. I think they no, because Harry goes back to the room requirement and they're not there. Exactly. And Harry was pissed. Yeah. So I think they went to the chamber because I think they were. Let's just see if we missed something the last time we were down there. And then they realized that the the best list because there's only. What is it, like three ways that you can destroy? It's, yes, it's the... It's uh, the Basilisk Venom, um, the fa- Find Fire, Fiend Fire. Yeah, the Fiend Fire. And then Goblin Steel. Like, steel. like uh, Goblin-like. Made Steel. Yeah. Is there any any other way? Am I missing one? No. No, but I do find, like, the, the problem I have with this part of the book is that, like, we've only seen two concrete things that can kill, destroy a Horcrux. is the Basilisk Venom and the... Well, the only thing that really... Godric Gryffindor's sword wouldn't have done it if it wasn't infused with the venom from the basilisk. No. So wait, so that, they, that why he destroyed the locket too? Cause that's how had... they destroy it because the, because the sword picks up the powers of things that it... Okay. Things that it goes through, and one of the things it picked up was it was infused with basilisk, basilisk venom. Okay, so... That's the... why it could kill horcruxes. Okay, so with that in mind, so we only have one concrete thing that can destroy it now. It's basilisk venom. Yeah. All of a sudden, we're introduced to the fact that this flame can now destroy Horcruxes right before we have a battle inside the room requirement. Yeah, well, because it was like it's dark magic fire. And they didn't. They didn't. They didn't it. know. They no. didn't know, and they didn't set it. It was uh, what's his face, Goyle. Yeah. No, I know. I know. I just think it's very convenient. Yeah, but you're missing out kind of like a neat, neat little plot point. The Grey Lady and the the Bloody Baron. I know. I just wanted to bring up because we oh, bring because oh, okay, we okay, bring okay, up okay, the okay, fact yeah. of what, what can destroy. Yeah. Uh, I was not gonna let around. that go. But Sorry. go on. Well, because that happens essentially. Like they, I mean, it within happens within they, minutes. Well, yeah. Because yeah. the sequence, like it's broken apart. Like a lot of things happen simultaneously and everything like that. And it's kind of hard to like jump back and forth yeah. between what's so going might on. Might as well just let that train of thought. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. So go on. What you were saying though. Yeah. Do you so know? Harry, well, once the once Hogwarts is starting to defend themselves, Harry's kind of just like. Oh my god. We're gonna have a battle here. And McGonagall's like, what the fuck are you standing around for? Go! Yeah. Find whatever the hell you're looking for. We'll he's hold like, off as long as we can. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so he's running around not knowing exactly what he was doing. Yeah. So doesn't he talk to Sirius, uh, nearly headless Nick about who would be, who would exactly know? And he said, it's all oh, the great, the... The Blight Baron. The Great Lady. The Great Lady, yeah. Yeah. The Great great Lady is, um, Helen. Elena Ravenclaw. Yeah. Yes. So he finds the Grey Lady, and she's really reluctant. She doesn't want to talk about it, but it does come out that like his last person she talked talk to, to was Tom Riddle. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, you're just as you're just as clever and cunning as Tom that where other boy was." was. Where was it found? Albania. And where's the last place they were? Albania. Yeah, because it turned out that. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I forgot her first name already. Helena. 
Helena. Helena. Helena. Helena. My chemical romance. Yeah, Helena. Ah, uh, okay. So, Hel- <laughs> that, that makes so sense. Helena was jealous of her mother, and she stole her diadem and ran away with it. Meanwhile, the Bloody Baron, who was, like, pretty much... He was in... He, he was... I don't want to say love, because that's the wrong word. Infatuated. He was infatuated, and her mother, Rowena, used that, not thinking that he would ever harm her. Yeah, but she her. rejected him, and then he killed, killed her. her. And that's why he wears the chains of penis, penance. And he's covered penance in he's covered in not only his blood but her blood. Yeah, and because he ends up killing himself after yes. he kills her. Yeah, and which is ironic that they'll forever spend eternity together yeah, at Hogwarts. Hogwarts. Yeah, <sighs> it's kind of it's it's another one of those poetic moments in the last book. Like there's so many like. Things that, because you knew that the Bloody Baron, like there was something scary and sinister about him, and the Grey Lady kind of like floats under the radar mm-hmm. because why she would float under the radar because she floated her under the radar the, her whole life under her mother's shadow. So it, it's kind of really cool that that's how it happened, and I also think it's very realistic. Like that, that would some like an unrequested love has not been brought up. I mean, hasn't not been brought up as a double negative mm. but we've we've touched on this theme before with voldemort's mother so it's kind of convenient that the object that he needs had come from that too yeah. right and speaking of like going back to what you're saying buffy the vampire slayer there's a very <clears throat> poignant episode in the second season where something like this happens where a poltergeist happens and a lot of people are being possessed and replaying out these events that happened at the high school years prior that a female teacher was involved with a male student um, she rejected him after like one spend the rest of the life with him. He shot her, and then he shot himself. We later find out it was an accident. The gun went off. He accidentally killed her, and he killed himself out of like grief. grief of it. And so, and at this point, uh, Buffy's uh, boyfriend Angel, the like the vampire, has gone full evil and everything like that. Like the ghost takes possession of him and they replay out the scene kind of in order for him to like the ghost to exercise that and like get the penance for it and everything to be yeah. normal. And so like in that moment, like you seen the ghosts getting there kind of like finally being able to have their moment and share their love. And then they'd be able to pass on into the next world. And in that moment, we get to see angel to be human once again and loving Buffy. And then like, and you think you think yourself as a fan, like, oh my god, they're gonna get back together and get snatched away, like briefly, yeah. like, like, oh, jeez, because Josh Whedon is just ripping at the heartstrings, just like Stephen Moffat and George R. R. Martin. <laughs> so, yes, back to the room <laughs> anyway, requirements. So they he deduces like it's like he, Voldemort has hidden the diadem in a place where all things get lost. The, room of, the room of requirement in that big room where he put the Half Blood Prince's uh, potion book and in, we had seen it and before. we remember seeing it. And it's like, damn, it was there the whole time. Yeah, but he goes back to the room of requirement and he runs into Ron and Hermione. Hermione's holding all sorts of basilisk uh, things at this moment. Yeah, and they're coming back with the destroyed cup, and they're like, oh yeah, it works. Like, How'd you get to the uh, Chamber of Secrets? You oh, talk to Ron- Ron uh, hissed at it until it opened. Which I thought was really cool. Because even though he didn't know what he was speaking, he was able to imitate it, which mm. is like probably like one of Ron's best moments. Yes. Like, yeah. wow, Ron, how did you think about that, you know? So, wait. Um, 
There's no, like, Google Translate. We can no. be like, speak parcel tongue. And that's why I love, I love <laughs> the line in the movie is that, like, when they get to the vault and he says it and, like, and she, Hermione questions him, like, how do you do that? I'm like, Harry talks in his sleep. So presumably he spoke parcel tongue in his sleep a number of times and everything yeah. like that. Um, but one of my uh, funny moment, which is also a fan, I guess a fan favorite, was when finally, finally, before they go into the room of requirement after this diadem, um, the Battle of Hogwarts is raging around them. They have to go into the room of requirement to get this. And before they go in, it's like, Ray, we need to go in. And it's like, wait, what about the house elves? And, and like, they're all like, what do you mean about the house elves? Well, we got to get them out because they're going to die if nobody helps them out. And then, like, Hermione just loses all her emotion, drops everything, and just starts – and just Man. lays a fat, big, fat kiss on him. And they start going at it right, right in front of Harry. And Harry's going like, do uh, you mind? <laughs> time and place, people. Yeah. Inappropriate moment. Uh, like, oh, Ron. And then she says, like, oh, Ron. And it just <laughs> – I'll never get that image out of my head. Let me go. La, 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 la. I mean, the Frenching, obviously, so. <laughs> I get my skin's crawling back here. What? It's true. It's true. It's true. Well, I'm just I mean, but that was like my favorite, like, favoritely remember. I bet it like, was. Being, like, favorite, like, favorite moment was Harry's reaction just going like, do you mind? Yeah. <laughs> Gonna destroy some yeah. shit here. It's kind of a battle going on, guys. Everything... <laughs> Explosions, <laughs> shit getting real. You're making out like. But speaking, of, but speaking about that, let's keep on that train of thought. And when the house elves do finally, oh my god, led by creature, fucking storming yeah. out of the kitchens with like like knives and pans and everything talk like about that. A character that redeemed themselves, it's creature. Oh. Yeah, because once they were nicer and let them let him keep uh re- re- whatever regulus. Thank you. Um, lock it. He was so much nicer to them, and then for him to, like, lead the charge, that was good. That yeah. was a good moment. Uh, but that's your Death Eater. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the creatures that you've never thought of myself have tripped wave. you, yeah. and now it's cutting you apart with, cutler- with, with, with kitchen cutlery. There is a tidal wave of house elves with cutlery and kitchenware coming right at yeah. you. That is a shit-your-pants moment. Yes. Because they never even for a moment felt threatened by them, and then all of a sudden, like, here you go. That would be like if, like, a bunny came at you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you're like, what the hell? Why is this rabid bunny coming at me? Yeah, so it's scary by... His big shot things! Bring me the holy can grenade! Look <laughs> at the bonds! Monty Python Monty Python. And so... Malfoy has uh, gotten into he's gotten into the school as well. Yeah, and he's met up with Crab and Goyle. Yep, which they intercept them at in the room of requirement. Yes, and this is where the tables have turned when it comes to characters here. Yeah, Malfoy's like, kill, don't like, don't kill them, and Crab and Goyle are like, we're not taking any orders from you anymore. No. Yeah. That's what. Oh, you're like, wait, what? Ron, Harry, and Hermione are going looking at each other like, what's going on? Yeah, because they haven't been in school with them, so they didn't know that they were kind of coming into their own because there was no Draco to overshadow them. No. So they were they were able to kind of flourish under the Karo's care because they would be teacher's pets. Yes. You know, the Karo's specialize in fucking brutality, and we know it's not smarts that those two are good at, so... But yeah, but like, even like, which one, who, which one of the two showed that he was actually rather diabolical of him? Was it Goyle or Crab? Crab. It was Crab, who just... And he really has this kind of like, like Shakespeare in monologue during this part, and he's like, 
Crabs sets the fire. Crabs sets the fire. I, 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 I thought it was the other way, but I might be wrong. Like well, I yeah, said, this is the book that I'm not as yeah, concrete I, on. And so they're fighting the fire. Oh my god, Harry Potter, the Goblet of Fire. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Harry's using uh, which broom did he find? Does he, was a broom just in there? Just brooms in there, yeah. Grabs a hold of it. And so it's fine, trying to get out of the room requirement that's now engulfing the entire place at this point. Um, was it b- one or both of them fall into the fire? Or Crab and Goyle? I thought both- it was only one. Didn't they say... Well, Crab... Okay, Crab is... Crab takes... Con- crab takes control. Crab sets the fire. Okay. And so... Uh, and he dies. I think he's the one who dies then. Yes, Crab dies. Crab's the one who falls into the fire. Yeah. Harry sells, sa- saves Malfoy. Yeah, which is a great... And then Ron gets... The diadem. Yeah. The yeah. Diadem, he drops the diadem into the fire. No, no, the, the diadem stays in the fire. Right? Okay. Yeah, because... They, they stay in the fire, but they grab it as they're going yeah, out, but only to... Fa- fa- but, but when they get out of the room, they look to destroy it. It's already been destroyed. Right? Yeah. And so... But they grab who... So Goyle, he, then. Ron, Ron and Hermione save Goyle. Yeah. And like, I like I do like the line when Ron's like, "If we die for them, I'll kill you myself." Yeah, I mean, because you could you imagine like you like all right, save them your as your biggest enemy too. Yeah. Like your biggest enemy, yeah. you're saving. Yeah. yeah, Harry and Hermione. Uh, no, Harry has Malfoy. Ron and Hermione have Goyle. Uh, who grabs the D of them? Um, Fact checker. Slow motion training, blurring as it dropped towards the. Serpent. Okay, Harry grabs the diadem. Okay, this is why you have the book open. Yes, and so no, after that, it's okay. Which I'm really, I'm really like I understand like you have it in your bag and everything. I thought you would have grabbed it abroad just well, you for know the bag. I've been out. I've been out all day. Oh, so, okay. yeah. It, like if I had stopped home, I definitely would have grabbed it, but I didn't stop home. So um, I knew I knew I was coming here, but I thought I would have time, so I wouldn't have carried it all day long. Gotcha. Yeah, it is just too large, and then to put another, you know. 800 pounds, my, my shoulder can't take it. Gotcha. I'd be like Hermione with her, like all her books in the third year. Yeah. And so Harry realizes, wait, of like who has the Elder Wand and everything, and yeah. decides to go down to, uh, no, they have to get the Nagini. Well, this is too when um, Voldemort starts talking to them, right? And then this one, Voldemort pleads to all of them, like, oh, you fought valiantly and... Yeah, that comes up soon. Um, that's after... Because he starts coming down into the fight, but doesn't it just about happen now? Uh, well, and then oh yes, because then then, and then Harry says like, all right, I'll go. You no, that say, didn't happen yet. That's after. Okay, that happens. Uh, well, one, there's like this lull in the fighting, like pretty much after after Fred gets killed. Yes. Uh, there's this lull where like the forces like then like re- retreat, uh, retreat. So there's like a moment yeah. of just like. Wait, did George die or Fred die? Um, hold on, hold on. Fred died. Yeah, Fred died because George got lost the year. Fred died. Fred died. So uh, there's like this lull in the fighting, and they have to. And this is like the time we have to find the snake. Yeah, we have to kill the snake right now. It's like okay, so they use the the visibility cloak to get under, to get into underneath the uh, Whomping Willow because Harry uses. Really tries to see into Voldemort's mind and sees that he's stationed in the Shrieking Shack. Yeah. Yes. So that's when he go. That's when they go to the Shrieking Shack, 
witness Snape getting killed because Snape believes that the Elder Wand doesn't work fully for him because Snape is the true wielder of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's when the whole thing where, okay, shit got real and then Snape transfers the memory to Harry. Yes. And that's when Voldemort gives the ultimatum. Yeah. And that Harry goes back and now he's conflicted with what to do. Right. That's when he goes... Uses. Is he really conflicted, or he kind of already made up his mind, but everybody else is trying to get him? I think he made up his mind. He, he doesn't want to say it. Yeah, he would never, because Harry doesn't like that everyone kept dying for him. So as soon as Voldemort made, I think he made up his mind, and I think he also knew that that's what Dumbledore was essentially telling. Well, him. Harry, I think Harry was more broken up the fact that people are dying for him. Yeah, but I just feel like he made up his mind before ever, like once the ultimatum was given. It, there was never a moment of, like, doubt. Like, I think he was like, oh, if that's what you want, that is what you'll get. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he was done with everyone dying for him. And especially, like, how many people that are there that are, you know... At this point, had Tonks and Lupin been killed? Uh, I think once they get back, they see that. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. But... He's then, go, like... So Harry goes to the pensive in, in Dumbledore's office mm-hmm. and looks at what what the memories that Snape gave him. And what do we find out, Dakota? Well, um, okay. Oh. Like, All right, then, Nikki. Uh, so we find out how Snape and Lily, he had known her since before they got their Hogwarts letters and that they were close um, and that, you know, you see this kind of progression of the love that Snape has for Lily. Um, and while we had already known that essentially that Snape was the one that um, blew the whistle so to say, on, on the Potters and the prophecy. Um, he regretted it so much because he was in love with Lily. Okay, yeah, no, I, and I, before he goes into the pensive, uh, they are Lupin dead. and Tonks are dead. Yes. Okay. So this is like such a hard thing to say. Like you're like two great and, Oh, yeah. And also, yeah, amidst, amidst, the, amidst the battle, I'm not sure if this is in the book or it's just a movie adaptation of it, but we see how Lavender Brown gets her ending. That the the werewolf. Uh, he didn't kill her, did he? In the movie, in the movie, in the movie, in the movie they do. In the movie they do, but oh, sorry. Okay. In the movie they do, but I, I thought in the book he just bit her. I thought, but then again, I might be wrong. Yeah, I mean, at least in the movie, like you see her, like, like he's noshing on her throat and everything. So it doesn't look like he was just trying to turn her. Yeah, he well, seen... and that's I think Finar fin- Grayback. I hate yeah. these first names. I really struggle with the first names. The surnames, I don't have as much of a hard time. Well, everyone's referred to as in the surname. Yeah, yeah, so it's a lot easier, thank God, for people like me. But, um, like, Greyback in a school is scary. Yes. Like the thought of Gray- like, And we saw that in the last book, too. Yeah. Like, he should not be in a school because no. he likes them young. And that's what's so inherently... So when you have a battle that's comprising of kind of young kids because I mean there are people who were supposed to go that didn't leave I think Colin Creevy stays right yes so it's like you have Colin these Colin Creevy dies yeah oh, so you have like that. you have these people that while not super close to Harry meant something to Harry yeah. like Lavender Brown was somebody he saw on the daily like yeah this, this, you know all, that whole thing with Ron like so for her to get either injured or killed or yeah, I lost internet connection oh no uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, I tried to I tried using the Wikipedia thing to search for Lavender Brown because they'll pop up the death, death date. Lavender die. Lavender fought in the Battle of Hogwarts during which she fell from a balcony and was attacked by the werewolf Fenar. 
So, rushing to her aid, Hermione blasted Greyback away from her with a powerful spell, and Professor Trelawney dropped a crystal ball on her, on his head. So, wait, is she dead, or is she just fell from a balcony? I mean, that's, I would imagine, in the castle, that's a pretty big fall. I right? mean, but, like, does Ask, um... She did, wait, no. Born, died. She did die. She did die. Okay. I was going to say, Ask that's one That's why of, I thought... I ask one of the, um... Which Game of Thrones characters? What's who, who, how, the one is paralyzed and legs down? Bron. Bron. Ask him if he uh, if he like yeah uh, falling from a castle. Is, Speaking uh, about wolves and yeah, there you go. That was a good connection there. Yeah, I, I even watched the show. Yeah, my computer's not picking up any of that. Okay. My phone. You can use it for fact checking. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'll share. <laughs> so, okay, this big revelation. And I Fe- still don't think he's redeemed. Even no. I think that's fucked up. I think, okay, you love my mother so much, you're going to protect, you know, the son, and you did all these things, and Dumbledore asked you to kill him, which you find out too. Mm. Um, so, yeah, great, cool, but you still were a fucking dick to an 11-year-old who had no idea, who has no parents, who's growing up in this awful environment, and it's like you say you did that all. It, it's the same reason I don't find the notebook romantic. Like, he stalked her. He stalked her, and people find it so freaking romantic and yeah, no. I th- I don't find it romantic. I think he was obsessed with her, and he did his own fair. Like, Lily kind of, while James was a little bit of a prick, and he grew out of it, like, Snape snubbed her. Snape called her the worst thing you can... It's essentially like if somebody who, like, somebody came up to me and was like, you're a cunt, Nikki, let's go out. No, that's not how it works. You don't drop, you know, the most insulting thing you can call a female and then be like, we should date, right? And that's essentially, like, Snape has this love for her, but never really fully expresses it. Like, I guess he does in his own way, and obviously we know that Snape had a really bad upbringing, too. So it's not, like... But I, I, everybody has choices, and it's like, you know, Dumbledore says, like, it's our choices. Wait, right? It's it's Dumbledore. Choices yes. that um, have more weight than, you know, our abilities and things like that. So I think at the end of the day... Did he have a, a good intention? Yeah, I guess in a way he was trying to to reconcile what he had done. Mm. But at the end of the day, Snape caused Lily's death. Snape's hatred of James. His, you know, took it out on this kid that had nothing to do with this. You know, Harry is not James. Harry was not raised by James. No. So there's... I just it, it, it does suck that he's the spitting image of it. And you know what? Okay. And I understand that. But, and I feel like this probably is not the best comparison, but think of the children of rape, people who decide to keep their child after something like a rape occurs. Yeah. Those kids, there's a very high chance. I mean, the way genetics work, this they is look a like spitting the person image of, and you, your attacker. Would, you wouldn't, I mean, I'm sure there are some people that take it out on them. But you're not going to take that out on a child. No. It's not the child's fault that they are here because of that. No. And I think that's kind of the same principle. You are in a position of authority. And yes, he has saved his life. But, you know, Harry also saved, saved Wormtail's life. And Wormtail, in turn, saved his. But does that make, does that erase all the damage he's done? Does that, like, automatically, you know, and it's not, but I guess it depends on the, if you, what your afterlife belief is and things like that. Like, did, is his crime paid for? Did he do his time? Like, is that how it works? But I just don't, I don't like how Snape 
handled it. And yes, Snape did what Dumbledore asked and he killed him. And, you know, that part, that's redeemed in my eyes. Because Dumbledore had this plan. Dumbledore knew he needed this plan completed this way. Right. But that doesn't make up for, he didn't have to be so harsh on both Harry and Neville. Because it could have been Neville too. Yeah. So he takes both of those things out on two really innocent kids. And I I don't think that's okay. I think the reason why you're having this question about it is I don't think this was initially planned. I don't in think I, I, don't, I don't think J.K. Rowling knew exactly how this would plan out. I really feel like she got, like, eventually oh, she came to this idea. That would make sense. And then. Because she could have dropped hints along the way. Like, more, more in-depth yeah, hints. Because it just, it's literally this kind of. It's almost like the end of Psycho when we hear all the history of what Norman Bates went through from the psychologist and what led him up to the situation, how he killed his mother and his, her lover and everything like mm-hmm. that. And it's a big exposition dump at the very end of the story. I don't think when she started writing Sorcerer's Stone that she knew where that where this is going to go. That would make sense. And this is kind of like a little bit of a retcon. And I'm not saying it's a terrible thing. What's a retcon? Ret- retcon is like you reconstructing of like, say, something that was not initially believed before. You think of, oh, we can't, I can't make the reference because you haven't seen the rest of Star Wars. Um, some like... Use a Star Wars reference. Okay. Just use a Star Wars reference. In A New Hope, when, when Luke asks, how did my father die... Obi-Wan pauses for a moment and then he says a young Jedi named Darth Vader killed him. We find out in Return of the Jedi that, like, Obi-Wan says, like, what I told you was true from a certain point of view, that the person known as Darth Vader did murder, murder your father, and yeah. Anakin Skywalker's gone. It's just Darth Vader now. It's kind of a little bit retcon. Like, that's obviously Jordan. Like Voldemort killed Tom Riddle, like, Tom Riddle Jr. Yeah, and, and it, but it's like the idea of, like, that George did not know where that story was going, and so by luck of how that scene was played out they were able to kind of fix it and same like same thing like there is uh like i hadn't i got into an argument about uh the justice league unlimited episode epilogue also all called epilogue about the batman beyond uh problem i have uh guy from uh a uh the the fan group i I brought before this group sounds really cool we gotta join this group well listen to the podcast and you can join the group yeah and uh, it's actually it's actually it's actually the person we call it's Matt that we brought up before. We yeah. had an argument about like, hey like, Matt, welcome like, back to the podcast. Yes, <laughs> and, like we, uh, both of us can agree that we love the part where like Ace Ace the uh, the Royal Flush Gang member that and everything that Batman does. I have a problem with in Batman Beyond. We have a new character named Terry McGinnis who takes over the mantle of Batman and everything like that. And he's not. And he's just like a random kid who stumbled upon Wayne Manor, stumbled upon that Bruce Wayne is Batman and everything like that. It turns out that Amanda Waller, who runs the Suicide Squad, um, realizes that Batman's getting slowing down when he's getting up in age and when, when he's with the Justice League and decides to, we need, there always needs to be a Batman. Yeah. Collects like a little a bit prodigy. of his, Yeah, so she collects a little bit of his blood. Because he leaves it all over the place. Because, yeah, because if he gets injured in yeah. how many battles and decides to... Oh, mess with the genetics of a perfect couple after she researches, and oh, so she can have like Logan. Yeah, and then makes a version of Batman, and everything like, like that. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. No. Wait, Logan is like the episode of Epilogue. No, no, like not not with him specifically. Okay. Matt, now you gotta go see it. That's go all. Go see the goddamn there movie. Maybe you should stop. Well, if I had someone to actually go with. You never ask us. <laughs> you did. 
Excuse me. You've never once said you never invited me for the movies. I will admit, the one I saw it was a spur of the moment thing. I did go spur of the moment too. But you never said like I saw Logan. You think I was not like I wrote a fucking blog no, no, about. No. We talked about it like a week or two before that. Oh, when it comes out, you want to go see each other? Yeah. What did you do that weekend? You went to see Logan. Well, I wasn't gonna be a dick about it. Like, why did you, well, why did you invite me? Well, I would have felt wait. bad. I would have rectified no, the situation. You, yeah, and he could have went and saw it again. Like I saw. I'll Fantastic still go see it again. Beast. I okay. saw Fantastic Beast the day before we all went to see Fantastic Beast, <laughs> knowing damn well that we were going to see Fantastic Beast, which momentarily did like bum me out. I was like, yeah. like it, it, it did. Well, it I did. couldn't get all of us into that. I know, and 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 I can fire with him. Like, is okay that I feel? Is it bad? Is it okay that I feel? Well, upset with Nikki about like and like how everything else had transpired that night with yeah. me like my account being frozen like you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go full zen right now and I'm not gonna freak out on anybody. Uh, well, so, I didn't ruin anything. No, you didn't. I so like that uh, that's why it's water under the bridge. Like yeah, I'll go see Logan with you. I apologize. No, it's cool. I'll go see no Logan I, I really I'm feel still shitty. Missing the first fifteen minutes. But um, <laughs> and so and then we, think, it, yeah, it, look at that. That so, was so easy, Dakota. We could have done this before. <laughs> I mean, like, and so now like. So now it's like this kid who didn't just randomly take on the the mantle of Batman's all of a sudden his illegitimate son and everything like that. Like I I think it takes away the free will free will versus destiny kind of thing. Yeah. And like yeah, he still had a choice because in the episode it's supposed to have like Batman cannot be born without tragedy. Mm-hmm. So his parents were initially were going to be murdered in front of him by Amanda Waller. Like she hired an assassin to do this. Oh my god, the Amanda Waller's scary. Yeah, but the assassin couldn't bring herself to do, do it. it. Ooh, so. they hired a lady assassin. It, yes, it, because of how everything being tied in together, it, 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 it ties in with my favorite, our favorite Batman movie, The Phantasm. The Phantasm. It's the poster I have on my wall, like that big character. Like that's the character she hires to do because it. That was because the Phantasm was Bruce Wayne's ex lover. Ex lover. And then the fantastic, and she's like, no. Because she, she sees I love this happened. world. I wish mm-hmm. I was more, like, I wish I read more comics and things like that. Uh, and you need watch to see more. one Batman movie. And watch it's, that one. It's bad. I actually just lent it to my coworker in the movie. Because I'm fascinated by the worlds in these things. Oh, it's the best Batman origin story, flat okay. out. I mean, and like, Mind other, other than Batman, maybe year one is a comic book. It's like, it's like, which it borrows elements from. Yes, but I honestly still feel, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Mask of Phantasm is my number three favorite movie of all time. It's in my top ten. It's- oh, okay. Well, then, uh, yeah, I definitely have to see it. Yeah. So, do we have... Oh, sorry, wait. I know we're totally getting yeah, off Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, wait, <laughs> how did you... Cause I know, like, I understand the principle behind, but how are you tying that in, that Batman mm-hmm. into? Because, because, because that seems into how things were originally... I don't think J.K. Rowling had a fully realized idea of what happens with Snape with, like, the end of his story and everything like that. I feel like... She found an opportunity. She saw an opportunity in the midst of writing. And maybe, like, maybe not, like, in, uh, at this point. It could have been books ago. Because. I think it was number five. I think book five, she figured everything out. Because at one point, there was an interview that Alan Rickman gave. And uh, saying, like, I had a conversation with J.K. Rowling. She told me something I've never told anybody what yeah. it was. And it was always. It yeah. was what really felt. At that point. Books were out at that point by the time the adaptations were being made. By mm. 1999, how many books had been released? I'm curious. At least... Nine? The first book came out in... Uh, fact-checking, hold on. Okay. But, like, so, yeah, several books were out at the point. And so, of course, at this point, she already knew, like, she already knew where... She knew how the story was going to end. How she get the A to Z was the thing that was being figured out and everything. I think I got my first copy. Uh... 
Well, you're letting me down, Harrypedia. Oh, God. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got it. I got it. The asteroids are coming for the Falcon, uh, uh, Dakota. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Come on, Internet. All right, so uh, vacation date is ninety seven, but for that's for could that be just the scholastic uh, um, Americanized? Yeah, I think it's for because I'm I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure it's ninety six. Okay, so let's say let's. Sorry, wait, did you get it? No, because the internet just decided to just. You right next to the goddamn. It's your fucking internet. (laughs) I told you you can use my cellular. No, actually, I'm not on your internet. Whose fault is that? No, because I think you forgot the password. I didn't forget the password. Well, what's the password? Go fuck yourself. I don't know. (laughs) Exactly! (laughs) Wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, actually, I'm back on. Okay. Okay, so. Let's see here. Anyway, so yeah. Changing changing, the chain. So, the point being, changing preconceived notions later on that things have happened earlier is what it calls a retcon. I think that's what kind of happens with Snape. I think that's why you have that kind of unethical question because otherwise she could have dropped hints earlier on and made yeah. Snape less of a dick throughout. Yeah. Now, Dakota, your feelings on these revelations for Snape? Oh, I, I agree with Nikki. It doesn't solve anything. He's still a douchebag. I feel like I, I think I, when we reviewed the first book, you or the second book, you were uh, like you thought it did redeem him, but I think at this point maybe a little bit, but yeah. like. It, it's not like it's not like oh you can totally forget you could totally name your child after him now. No, I wouldn't no, go that yeah, far. That's the, that's that's the we're, we're getting we're getting there, people. Yeah, but like yeah. I, no, I, I, mean, I don't. Okay, re- so it kind of redeems some shit. Like he his hatred for James Potter transcends to J- Harry Potter, but at the same time, yeah, it, your 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 fucking crush is dead. She chose a different man who. Honestly, tr- loved her just as much as Severus did, if not more. If not more. And like you can make the argument, you can make the argument that she's the one that got away, but that's not. I, I still away. don't think that's enough, and I don't find like people find the always so like romantic. I don't think it doesn't do that. No, for me. I think, like I think it's sweet in a in a sense. Like okay, like he's harbored a love for her forever, but. I, on the other side of the coin, I think it's creepy. I think, yeah. I think it's the moment long since passed. It's not even like they dated when they were out of school. Like, like what was it? The year of the OWL levels is the year, right, that she, he mm-hmm. called her that? Yeah. So their fifth year. So I'm sorry. Like, it's that's your teenage crush. You you let that go. Yeah. Child crushing. Yeah. And, and he, like. He made the wrong. He started hanging out with the wrong people. And he got this bad. Like, he just had this bad. He just became this negative person. Just yeah. completely against it everything. He what he already had. Yeah. Ex- there you go. That's probably the better way to put it. But yeah, no. He. If, OWLs. Uh, he, uh, he did this. Uh, maybe it's because I, I married Snape with. Alan Rickman, and maybe that's yeah. why I can't, I, I'm a little more forgiving towards this well, character. Well, I think the performance, like Alan Rickman, nails that character, and I do think you're able to feel more sympathy for him because of Alan Rickman. But book wise, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay. No, oh, my okay. my uh, earbuds shocked me. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I good. think, well, yeah. you had said it really well when you brought up Norman Bates, but the difference with Norman Bates is in the movie, like, you find yourself throughout the movie sympathizing with him. Yeah, that's why, like, especially yeah, in the so early I- scene with, with, uh, with Janet Lee, and you find that like, this guy's a sad person. Because that moment and- with the trunk, where you see the trunk sinking down, and you're like, yes, sink, and then you're like, oh my god, wait, I'm rooting for the bad guy. Yeah. Like, I think that's why Psycho was so cool, whereas I... And there were people, too, there are people who I've argued with this, where I never found anything redeemable about Snape, but there are people who absolutely adore Snape. I think it's the same people that, like, or like, yeah, I would definitely be Slytherin, like, that always kind of identified really strongly with Snape. Right. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I very much like rules, and I like abiding by them and things like that, but I think the level of the, the intensity, the hatred that he threw... Harry's way. Even Dumbledore tasked Harry, I mean, tasked Snape with helping Harry with his occupancy. And, um, and just the way, he essentially turned it into a way to torture Harry. Yes. So it's like I, you didn't have to like the kid, but you also, you're a teacher. You, you can't be outrun. Like, your distaste has to be more subtle than yeah. Snape ever mastered. And was he nasty to a great majority of students? Yes, but you can just feel it. It was palpable with Harry and Neville. And, and the thing is that you're the, the, like, all right, you fucked up and and Lily's dead. Yeah. What's the best way to honor her memory? You take care of that kid. You you make sure that kid's prosperous. Yes. Yeah. He could have done anything. Like he could have no, been no. like, like all right, Hagrid. Like he like instead of Hagrid taking like Harry to the Dursleys or something like that, it could have been Snape or something like that. It could have been he could have wa- like, he did yeah. wash out for Harry. He did, but it could have been more overt. And, he and could it have wasn't been- his own way, which I'll give him credit for. But I still think, and I think a lot of people go, well, if you, if you don't find. If you didn't find Dumbledore a little bit more evil because of everything that had happened, why, why in turn are you not finding Snape a little bit more redeemed? But Dumbledore spent his whole life to do better, to do better than what he had done. And even then, he never really truly went evil. No, he Snape made a mistake. Went and... evil. Yes. And that's the thing. Dumbledore was able to curb that path spent his whole life working towards it and was kind and only, you know, he looked out for, did he hold things back from Harry? Yes, but we also have to remember that his, the bulk of Harry, his relationship with Harry, Harry was 11 to 16. So it's, it's not like he wasn't, I think there was that parental sense. Was it misguided? Yes. And and my favorite quote, well, I say that all the time about everything Dumbledore says, but it's like, uh, age is, Oh my god, why can't I remember it? Is that good of a quote, hey? Yeah, oh my god, I knew it. I had it right on the tip of my tongue, but it's like uh, age is mistaken and it's it's undervaluing of youth or something. I'll look at, right. at the exact wording, but essentially that they, they misjudge what younger kids can handle. Yeah. Snape doesn't. Snape is calculating. Snape knows everything he's doing. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, my, my Patronus is of Lily, so I still love her. Yeah, but you're a fucking dick to her kid. So if she was here, like if she was still there, and he still harbored those feelings, and I wanted to, br- I almost brought up a cursed child reference, but I stopped myself because of Dakota. Yes. But, <laughs> um, like you know, if you're harboring that, it it's not 
that's not love. That's no. not love. No. That's, you can go infatuation. Lust. I'd go a little bit more obsessed. Yes. I think he's living in this, this fantasy world that he had created when he was that troubled kid of him and Lily running away together and being together. And he let that go so far. And, like, you could, I can see, like, the argument being made from, like, the guy's point of view. Like, oh, well, she friend-zoned him and he kind of lashed out about that and things like that. You get over it. Uh, yeah. Dakota and I have been in the friend zone with... The, I'm, like, perpetually in the friend zone. And you know what? I live. Yeah. They, it and sucks. You and you wouldn't take it out on their kid. No! Because we're Especially not if, they, if they died. Because of your actions? No. Anyway, we spent so much time on this, I, know, I think we should move on. I barely got my piece! I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought, no, because you like, pretty much agreed with like what Nikki said, so I thought... Yeah, no, just, but like, there's some other important cool shit that goes on in this whole thing. Then, go on. Especially the pensive. Like, you see Sa- Snape when he fi- gets wind that Dumbled- that pretty much after uh, Snape fed Voldemort the prophecy... Right. He figures out that he's uh, Snape's, uh, that Voldemort's going after the Potters. Yeah. What does what does Snape do? He sets up a, a point like a meeting with, um, with Dumbledore. And I'm rereading the whole conversation, the initial thing where he Snape is begging to save Lily, and Dumbledore is just like just, just belittling him and just like you disgust me and yeah. everything like that. It's just like holy shit. Him. Yeah. And it just great and then it's like okay well what like she's like you have to hide hide her and everything like that it's like you really have that much hatred that you don't even care for her husband and son and he's like well it's like well hide them then yeah and it's like okay what's in it for me so dumbledore twisting using twisting and he got his double agent out snape yeah and then the next scene is when Snape's sitting in Dumbledore's office, crying his eyes out because Lily's dead. Yeah, which I, I think I, I know what happens in the movie. What we see in the movie, where Snape is then at the Potter's house, holding Lily's dead body with uh, Harry crying in the background. Yeah, I kind of like it this way, where this is where he knows, or Snape finds out that Lily's son is still alive. Mm. I mean, that bears resemblance to James, but the eyes are exactly like Lily's. You have and, your mother's eyes. Yeah, and just how, like, pretty much Dumbledore pretty much saying, why don't, if you love, here's a quote, if you love Lily Evans, if you truly loved her, uh, then your way forward is clear. And Snape goes, what do you mean? You know what, you know how and why she died. Make sure it was not in vain. Help me protect Lily's son. So he's convincing Snape to do the right thing and pretty much be the godfather of Snape, like you guys mentioned. Which I feel like, okay, he doesn't exactly do that. Because next thing is Harry's first year and Snape just belittling Harry to Dumbledore. And Dumbledore is like, I'm reading a magazine and I know this is just bullshit you're spewing. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, it just, I liked, I liked the fact that Snape was... This is how Snape became that double agent. Yeah. And he's always been that double agent yeah. since pretty much the death of Harry's parents. Mm. And no, I still, I mean, Harry could really blame Snape, had, could have every right to blame Snape mm. for the death of his parents. Because it was, and mixed with uh, Wormtail. Yeah. So, I don't know. It doesn't, I mean, and then what Snape does after that admirable because it he's like if anyone finds out snape's instantly dead 
Yes. And the entire Order of the Phoenix just then crumbles because there's no information coming in. Mm. So, yes, there's a lot of risk. And, like, yeah, double agents are very, very honorable in that sense because, like, you're helping fight this cause. Mm. But at the same time, not all this should make Harry, like, forgive him for everything and the way he was treated. No. I mean, obviously, we've, like, Harry's, like, wears his heart and his soul. He's a very forgiving person and everything like that. We've seen him forgive people in the past. We've seen him, like... People who've ostracized him throughout the, his career in Hogwarts and people come up to him and say, like, dude, I'm sorry. I messed up. And he's like, don't worry, dude. Water yeah. under the bridge. He's he tries a, to look for the best in everybody. Yeah. I mean, like, like what was, what's his name from the other, like, uh, house that's, like, um, who's belittled him. And, like, Ernie. Oh, my God. The really nasty one. Yeah. And, he, like, still ends up in the Dumbledore's army and everything like yeah. that. And, like, and he's like, yep, like, I'll train you no matter what. I mean, oh, is that Zacharias Smith? Yes. But Maybe. whatever, because I, you guys are going to get lost looking that up oh, and everything yeah, like that. Right, right. And <laughs> we're, we've we've spent so much time on this anyway. So Yeah. Moving yeah, on. Yeah. So this is the, after Harry sees all of this, then it's like, okay, I'm going to go take my invisibility cloak and oh, the part, go the, the, the book, The part of the book that makes me fucking cry. This is a really sad part. It's like, okay, so he he knows he's going to, to die to sacrifice himself to save my else. sacrifice. I got I got undercut it to my way. Let's throw but the fact freed. that he's in his invisibility cloak and he's walking through the ba- like the the dead out in the, the battlefield yeah. and Ginny's out there with an injured girl, like she's comforting her while like someone try- comes over to help. Uh Wood is carrying uh Colin Creevy's body at that time too yeah, and yeah. It just like how did he stay he's not of age and he managed to stay behind because he believed in Harry Potter so much and just see him seeing all this death and devastation and the last he didn't want to say goodbye to anyone but Ginny at that time but he managed to just kind of like he Irish goodbye them he's the ultimate Irish goodbye yeah, right there he, but he held back his emotions from saying goodbye to Ginny but Ginny kind of almost Felt his presence. That's yeah. why she turned around. Hey, to... but, but let's think of it this way: This is Harry, Harry reading the end end of his arc because he's been so impulsive and so emotional up until this point. Every time, like emotion comes to when it comes to making a decision, he'd always take the like his like immediate knee jerk reaction led to the series to being killed. And how many other bad decisions have happened because of it? And it's that moment where Harry's like, no. I'm not going to let that happen. Yeah. And I think I think ultimately ultimately when he realized what the prophecy means and what has to happen, he made that decision. It wasn't that moment. It was he knew in his heart that if it came down to that, if he's right, that he would do that. So that's why he is so calm and is so I'm ready. I this is this is the moment no one else is going to die because of me. And also, uh, the quote that I was trying to say, and I kept fucking up, it was, uh, age is foolish and forgetful when it underestimates youth. Hmm. I got it. Yeah. Nice. But, no, I mean, just yeah. in the fact that once he goes into the woods and, like, he has... Into the woods! The invisibility Sorry. cloak on, and then he fi- finally understands the meaning yeah. of what uh, uh, I opened at the close, which was the message that Dumbledore gave with the snitch. <laughs> and he whispers, he touches to the mouth and whispers, I'm going to die. And it opens up to reveal the resurrection stone, and yeah. then he uses it to uh, pretty much bring about the spirits of his mother, mother, father, Lupin, and, and Sirius. Sirius, and it just yeah. like, and they just 
kind of reassure him that this is such like this is like the moment where you're reading it and you're getting so emotional because it's like he's petrified but he's still going through with it and they are supportive of him and they're not going to leave him and uh, yeah you okay yeah i'm okay I, I, I'm already there. I am I'm already, yeah. Y'all are both crying? Yes. I mean, come on, just think like of... cold bitch. <laughs> 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 I'm over here uh, like, I y'all. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, I mean, in the book, I, it was very different when I was Yes, just, but like the build-up and the setup to this... I, I think also is, we have to take it to the fact, because both of us really experienced these books with Jim Dale's uh, oh my God, Jim audiobooks. Dale is... and especially no, this part, like... I actually didn't experience this with Jim Dale. I read this on my own. So you never listened to your I never heard Jim Dale read this. Don't, oh. don't do it, because I don't think you can handle it. I probably no, I know, because he, he, like, he earns an award for that performance. Jim Dale earned an award for the entire series. Yeah, but especially this part right here. <laughs> that's sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, but no, like, yeah. it just to sit... I mean, J.K. Rowling, Rowling's beautiful setup and writing. And then they were there with him up until he, Harry Potter revealed himself to the Death Eaters in Voldemort, where he dropped the stone. Was He dropped the stone before he, like, like went out, right? Yes. So he dropped the stone there and just, Woo! And then he's all victorious. Yeah, they like start like celebrating. That's the like, part too. Yeah. Like, so you just went through this like kind of like a an emotional like chain lift on the roller coaster. Yeah. And then it, before you even fully get to process like what just happened, it's like he's dead. And then you just it's like everybody's celebrating. So you just drop down into this like, oh my god, like did this just happen? And it's like, what? Do you, wait, did they just win? Like, he's not supposed to die. Like, something else was supposed to happen. Like, what is going on? Um, And, like, even if you had kind of figured out that he's the last Horcrux, which I don't think I did. I don't think I... I don't think it clicked. Um, Yeah, I don't think it clicked yet. I mean, in the movie, I think it's a little bit more obvious. But in the book, the first time I read it, I don't think it clicked. So, like, you're just like, well, like, what? Like, that's not where this was supposed to... This isn't what's supposed to happen, so... No, I just... I mean, I also forgot that Hagrid is held captive by and these... And when they have to carry his... And, like, he sees Harry uh, die, and... Hagrid of old... The act of rereading this, and Harry... Hagrid really fought, telling Harry, go back, go back, don't yeah. do this. And then, like, they're just reading Harry... Like, the last words that Harry hears from Voldemort. Harry Potter. The boy who lived. And then just nothing. And the only thing that his last thoughts were of Ginny before he saw just a flash of green. Mm. And then he wakes up in King's Cross. King's Cross. I love this part. Oh my god, this is a great part too. I think just the part, like, just with Dumbledore, like, I mean, to kind of just brace over it. But it's like, is, is this real or is it happening in my head? And it's like, of course it's in your head, Harry, but why wouldn't that make Be it real? real? Why not both? Yeah. <laughs> and I like that. For him, the the people he meets in King Cross. So it's the baby. It's the, well, if you can call it that. Voldemort's baby. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dumbledore. Because at the end of the day, like, if he was going to... I I like... Because you couldn't put, like, a heaven in there. No. So this kind of interesting purgatory, it would make sense that 
a god of sorts would be Dumbledore to Harry. This is someone who literally gave him all of the guidance and he filled the gaps that he needed um, and he lost him too soon in his opinion. So that guidance at that, that crucial moment, like, do I stay or do I go? And, um, I, I love, I love that exchange. I love, you know, the talk through and things like that. So, and it's, I like that you don't really know, did it really happen? Or yeah. is it, is that literally in his head? Like, yeah. what is it? And you, you never, it's almost like Inception, the end. Yeah, with like, the top spinning, does it, does, will it top yeah. over or not? I also like the fact that it's not heaven. It's a train station. Yeah. Like, the yeah. fact that it's kind of almost like the thing in the Matrix. You know, when Neo's kind of stuck in the subway station? Yes. And However, yeah, but, but in the, the movie, though, they make it more... I know, it's he- whitewashed and heavenly. 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 But it's not heaven because he's not there yet. He can board the train, and technically, Harry's heaven could be Hogwarts. Yeah. Uh, do you do you think that actually is the same for every person? No. No. Okay, that's I because I didn't either. I was just curious. This if, is, but this is... It's because that's... That was the moment that Harry's life truly changed, too, when he boards. The- I mean, if you really want to dive deep into it, you could say yeah. Privet Drive is Harry's hell. King's Cross is the transition place, like the, Levitz, the river sticks almost. Yeah. yeah. And the train is like the boat, boat spin. And the train brings him to heaven, which is Hogwarts. Yeah. yeah. So you can make that argument, and I think that's a valid yeah, argument. That Catholic school that told me I wasn't allowed to bring the books because it's not religious. I Boosh! Mean, I mean, like, I mean, like, what was it like Jesus Christ Himself? He willingly sacrificed Himself for yeah. the the greater of all, for the best for all and people. Do not say the greater good. And he rises from the dead. <laughs> yes, yeah, he does. He does. There actually is a book that my really, really religious aunt, when they realized that they couldn't shake this this fandom of mine away right had bought me i never read it but it was finding god in harry potter so there yeah. are tons of oh yeah there's tons of christian theories. imagery throughout. i mean it's not it's not chronicles of narnia no but there are which is funny that the church banned it because that was i used to get in trouble all the time because it's like don't bring this book so i'd bring the second book because i was like well you said the first book you never said it couldn't bring the second so i was in detention all of the time a ninety-five percent of the time being for Harry Potter stuff, and of course that just fueled the fire yeah, of the fandom. Of course, my, well, I got my first Harry Potter book from a Catholic school teacher, so it's actually kind of funny all together. <laughs> I think some of my love of Harry Potter came from just being told I wasn't allowed right. to read Harry Potter. Yeah, and with the scene, I do lo- I, like yeah. I said, I love the binary choice of like either stay or go. It's up to you. Is whatever's going to make you happy, Harry. And it is interesting that the the part of Voldemort is there because it, that part of Voldemort is part of him. You'll always be a part of him, regardless. Yeah. yeah, I mean, which is and I and I like love that connection. I thought that was so smart because essentially that little baby thing. Yeah, the one that that warms out, like dropped into yeah, the, into the that baby thing has been inside him that yeah. whole time, mm-hmm. and it, he didn't know it. I mean, there were hints to it. There were hints that we could have all picked up on it. Yeah. And when you reread the series after finishing it, it makes so much more sense. Like, like that, I, that's, that's the thing that was set up, like, yeah. J.K. Rowling knew yeah, at the very the beginning. Yeah, like, there was no backtracking on that. That no. was, because the parcel tongue, it, the, the slithering Gryffindor problem. Yes. Um, just his abilities, like some of his abilities and things like that. Like, he, he had... Why the wand chose him. Yeah, the wand, it, the only other wand that, you know, there's only two made, and he picked the pair, and it's, um, what else is, oh my god, what am I, I'm missing. There's probably a myriad of things, Yeah, but. like a, a bunch of things that are just, 
all led up to this moment. Yes. This revelation. And so he chooses to go back. And the first thing, like, he hears, like, the whooping and hollering of everybody yeah. of the Death Eaters and everything like that. Except and, Voldemort. Except Voldemort. Because, because he's been in this moment before. Yeah, he's not going to He's not gonna celebrate until we know. He's been made a fool from Harry one too many times. Yeah. So. And the, the person who approaches him to find out if he's dead or not whispers in his ear, is my son Malfoy still alive? I love that it's Narcissa. Yeah. yeah. I think because had it been Lucius whole different thing yes because even though lucius loves his son he does not love his son like narcissa loves no so i thought that was great and um, And i love that harry immediately was thinking on his feet and said yeah he is and she's like yep he's dead because realistically he could have not answered and like could have but she knew she had checked so it was like she would have betrayed him otherwise yeah because in her head, it's, I have to get back to my son. So it was such a good thing. Like, he made the right choice. Yes. And I think he had seen that enough times to know that she would mm-hmm. she would choose her son over, her son over it. Voldemort. And so Voldemort says, like, all right, well, it's time to go up to Hogwarts now. Luckily, that um, Voldemort didn't decide to drag, like, Harry's body up into the school or something like that. He is that he instructed Hagrid to carry his body and everything like that. Which is brutal. That is brutal. Hagrid, who loved Harry like his own son. Like, ugh. Brutal to make Hagrid do it. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that was the torment. I mean, like, the whole bringing, essentially, Hagrid. It's once again going full circle. Yeah. Hagrid brought him out of that house where he died. And now... According to Voldemort, ha- Hagrid's going to bring him out of the forest where yep. he died again. So, yeah, I mean, it was so it's so appropriate and kind of like fucked up. so fucked up. It's torturing Hagrid. Hagrid is just. And he knew it would be a symbol to everybody else. He yeah. knew seeing Hagrid carry that body because Hagrid carried Dumbledore's, right? No. Who carried Dumbledore's? I don't think anyone did. They just lifted him up? I think so. Why did I think? Never mind. Cross that out. Yeah. Because I think we leave, leave Dumbledore when Ginny takes takes Harry by the arm and pulls him away. Pulls him away. Okay. Yeah. And everyone's doing their one thing. So, but... <laughs> and But, like, yeah. Neville decides to, he's like, no, I'm not going to stand him. And, like, he stood up dying for us and everything. I'm, I'm going to do the same. The other person from the prophecy, and Voldemort's like... Do you think there's a moment of hesitation in Voldemort just like, wait... Like, Neville Longbourn could theoretically be a threat to him? No. Okay. I don't think for a second. And that's the thing with Voldemort. Voldemort's arrogance gets in his way. I think he's like, I already killed the boy who lived, so there's no chance that the other boy that could have been the boy that lived is going to be in my way. He literally is not thinking that because he's like, it's, I won. You're wrong. I'm sorry. I just, when you said, like, and Neville just goes, no, and immediately I think Tombstone, no, no, um, this is essentially kind of what happens, except Neville draws the sword of Gryffindor. Yeah, out of, out of the. Uh, Why do they torture? They torture yeah. first. Yeah, they which is so all oh, his parents tor- and then him. The and fact him. that Harry could pretend to be dead through all of that and then get tortured on top of that uh, is like, oh, look at his dead body, Ooh, and he's still playing dead. Like, br- bravo! Yeah. Uh, but and of course. 
He doesn't play possum for too long because then he springs back to life. And probably everybody's just like, what? Everybody is dumbstruck at I mean, this point. Voldemort shot a brick at that moment. Yeah, because he's like, why won't okay. you die? The second time you got hit with the killing curse. And you didn't die. Yeah. And I have the Elder Wand, too, and yet you didn't die. Talk about the boy who lived forever. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, lived, you lived twice, Mr. Bond. You lived long enough to live twice, Mr. Bond, or wherever the, wherever the line is that Blofeld says to James Bond, uh, and you only live twice. So... The battle resumes. Uh, Lucius and Narcissa grab Mofoy. Get him the fuck, fuck out of there. Dodge, yeah. um, Ron and uh, Ginny, uh, Ron and Hermione try and kill Nagini, and it's not working. Their, their spells not working. They they fall back. They're about to die. And Neville cuts the goddamn head off of Nagini, and as this very last horror crux, and everybody. <sighs> The battle cons- resumes and everything like that. Bellatrix is fighting with uh, Mrs. Weasley. Mrs. Weasley sends her off to the next fucking world. And it's, and it's only one battle still going on. It is Voldemort and... Voldemort ha- versus Flitwick, yeah. McGonagall, and Slughorn. Yes. Yeah. Until Harry steps up and like, come at me, motherfucker. And they circle each other. Oh, as they- my God, this was yeah. so good. This is where the movie went wrong. Yes. Because they didn't, they did out in the courtyard. They didn't do it in the Great Hall, where everyone's yeah. encompassed them. Yes, and oh my god, it needed to the finality of this duel in the book. Didn't feel that serious in the movie. No, it, it is, it, and like, like, and it's supposed to be because because Harry reveals to like you don't have to kill the previous owner. You just have to disarm, him, and he did not disarm Dumbledore. Draco did, yeah. and I've disarmed him. So, phew. yep. So the the su- succession went that way. Yeah, and, and so then, he takes the wand from him, and the killing curse that is supposed to be fired from the other wand from Voldemort backfires and kills Voldemort. And he's sent, and he's finally well, no, because well, Voldemort does Avada Kedavra on him, and Harry Potter does Expelliarmus. Yeah, and that's as always. Yeah. yeah, as always, and it just exploded and that's when it killed Voldemort. Right. Because it just and reverberated back from him and he just finally yes. evaporates pretty much. Uh, does he evaporate in the book? Uh, it's not yeah, he doesn't evaporate. Not into fucking butterflies. No, that, that was very stupid in yeah. the movie and everything like that. So, I, like, I guess I understand visually where they were trying to go, but they could have imploded him. Like, yeah. could have. There's so many other. Uh, do you watch the magicians at all? No. Okay, in the magicians, they have a, a similar beast. It's a, essentially an adult version of Harry Potter. Uh-huh. They have a similar beast who is moths. So that made sense. Like the moths work there, but with Voldemort, like, don't you think you should have gave him a little bit more of a badass ending? Because he, I mean, if nothing else, he was a great testament of power. So yeah, no. So he died, and then literally everyone in this hall celebrated on top of his corpse. Mm. Super sinister. Yeah, which you know, like, we don't give a which shit. is probably why they didn't put it in the movie. Possibly, That's, but they still could have done better than yeah. butterflies. <laughs> um, <laughs> They're not really butterflies, but I'm going to call them Louis butterflies. Voldemort's body in the chamber off the hall, away from the bodies of Fred Thompson. They, so they threw once they cleared out the dead from the great hall. They moved the dead of the enemies into one room and the dead of the fallen heroes to the. I mean, to the hell, other. what do you think they did to Macbeth's body at the end of the play? And everything? Like, they beheaded him and like they tossed his body around town and everything. But and so 
with the final explosion of that, Harry's wand is destroyed, and he's now the rightful owner of the Elder Wand and everything. So he uses the Elder Wand to repair his, and he says, I'm going to put the Elder Wand back in with Dumbledore, where it belongs. Did he break it? In the movie, he did. In the movie, right? I, I double checked that. I, I I wanted to be sure of that. In the movie, he did. Um, in the book, I'm pretty sure he gives. He goes back. I would to, like to say that he thought to break it because then, if he didn't, the Elder Wand continues. Yes. And it, while you can't, you wouldn't be able to get this. Well, actually, I guess you could find the stone. It's just in the forest, so yeah. if it's lost, it could be found. Mm. But if he didn't destroy the Elder Wand, then there's a chance. This could all well, continue, yes. And then... I don't think she wanted that. I think she wanted a more... Peaceful, yeah. And then we cut to many years later. With epilogue. Yeah. Nikki, what happens during the I epilogue? I just think, so after... What all, happens during the epilogue? So the during the epilogue, um, you see Harry and Ginny, uh, and they're on their... Do you and real quick, Harry does return the Elder Wand to Dumbledore's grave. He okay. just returns it? Nothing? Yeah, nothing. He just says, uh, so I'm going to come put it back where it came from, and if I die a natural death, it'll just... Ah, uh, I see. But then, essentially, somebody else could get the wand, right? If he did, someone disarms him. Yeah, well, but that happens quite often. Yeah. Pothole. Fucking Harry. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying, do you think the movie improves upon it at that point? I think that was a better choice. Because just... it. Even if he dies a natural death, so someone disarmed. I mean, they proved that he disarmed Draco and, rather uh, easily. Yeah, but Draco didn't and he becomes even have an aura, the... and he becomes an aura. We know that Draco, yeah, which, yeah. while in fighting people, you would disarm him unless he's just like impervious to it. Yeah, unless he's just like a quick draw good, expert, but, which he does eventually become and everything. But like, yeah, and that is his spell. Like it's expecto patrono and it's expelliarmus. That's yeah. how they were able to identify him out of the Potters. Yeah, because that is his go-to. Yeah, but I I I think the movie was smart yeah, in that a, that's aspect. That's a big plot hole, actually. But so <laughs> years later, there. Oh yeah do you, do you want to take over the final uh, synopsis? No 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 no. We want oh, to be level. Well, okay. Sorry. Yes. Well, only because I, this is the part I don't like. Um. So yeah. So you're you're here with. At King's Ross with um, Harry is married to Ginny, and this is 19 years later, and they have their two kids um, with their dumb long names, and his youngest son is going to Hogwarts for the first time, and he's worried because his older brother, James, has been telling him, like, oh, you're going to get in Slytherin, blah, 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 and so he's all worried that he's going to be in Slytherin, and Harry's telling him that the Sorting Hat let him choose and that you were named after two of the, two best. Of the best wizards of all time. Um, and one of which who was Slytherin. Yeah. So, and that's, and then you meet, like, and Ron and Hermione are married, and you see Draco with his son. Um, all of this will set the stage for Cursed Child, but we didn't know that at no. the time. So when the book This was written out, in, so we would never have any sequels. Exactly. This was kind of like a, this is the end of it. Um, I think it was very haphazard i think and this is she had this done right this was one of the first things she wasn't like the ending in her head yeah um i think this is the only time i will say that this is not her finest writing i think um it it doesn't it doesn't satisfy you i think after you have such a a powerful ending like you did with the book to go to this epilogue 
I almost would have rather she not yeah. live in. But that's just me. I mean, like, there's certain, like, complaints of, like, having the Return of the King in so many different ways. Yeah. But there was so much to tie up and everything, like that, so that makes sense. But that's why I had no problem with the Return of the King ending, especially with the extended cut, because there was so much time it has to um, account for. And so many characters that I don't have a problem with. Yeah. This, on the other hand, you've ended on such a high note, you could have just, like... Could have just ended. You could have just faded out, and that would be it. But, like, if she, if she had done the end of that book... And then all is well. Cut out all of that about their families and stuff. Yeah. I think it would have worked better. I mean, however, with Cursed Child, I think it was a perfect setup for Cursed Child. Yes. I think everything you needed to know uh, for that is in here. But I, I just feel after the weight of that book, when you're like kind of relieved that you've made it past, you know, these 800 pages, um, I, I just thought that was... It was a flat. It was a flat way to end. Yeah, I'm actually. Um, I would have been way more interested seeing the direct aftermath. Yeah, like what happened? What after exactly what happened? Because technically, Harry's now responsible for Teddy Lupin. We everyone just forgot about that. Well, t- t- doesn't know t- what the parents. The parents didn't die, right? One of the parents died. But yeah, but the- but Harry is essentially going to raise his child. Talks his parents. Yeah, no, no but one of Tonks' parents died. Yeah, so like the so yeah, one of them will probably take on the control yeah, of the so trans child. Yeah, so with them, and then Harry, uh, Harry's supposed to be now the the like a, a parental figure, but I don't think it was it was not at the severity of Sirius to Harry. Does that make sense? Like Sirius well, was the only thing Harry had other than the Dursleys, whereas like <laughs> they he has one of the grandparents, and they have a setup, they have a life. And Harry's going to be a guardian, but it's not as, um, like, he comes over to dinner and things like yeah, that. No, but this like, is still, like, some shit that needs to be explained. Yeah. Like because did Harry, did Harry eventually much. take over raising Teddy? I don't think so. Did they, did he not? That's my biggest, yeah. that's my biggest question. Um, and, yeah, it, there, and all this other, the rebuilding of Hogwarts, the yeah. rebuilding of the ministry. Like, what exactly happens? If J.K. Rowling was to bring back Harry Potter, it would be somewhere between these 19 years of just him becoming... The reconstruction an, years. The reconstruction years of him becoming an Auror. Years before. <laughs> <laughs> him becoming an Like, you can make it, like, two or three years later, where yeah. he's, like, now, like, like uh, beat cop in the Wizarding World. Yeah. And you could do something like that, and him and Ginny are, like... I mean, I do want to see what you think once you've read Cursed Child. I think that would help because that's we were talking about this earlier was how me and Tim has re- have read it, and by discussing this, it's harder because we have this insight that you don't have because there uh, there yeah. are points that you made that get brought up then. Okay. Um, so I am curious to see if you would appreciate that this epilogue in that context. Okay. Or if, if you this still, just me off. yeah, yeah, like if it, if because I, I do think Cursed Child redeemed the epilogue a little bit. Yes, a little it does. bit, not a lot of it, but, but, but a bit. I, there is. I, I don't have like pure hatred for it or anything like that. Yeah. But I'm just like, all right, I've reconciled with it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I understand where that's going. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I like it definitely <laughs> seems like I mean like that like Ron's get, developing a paunch and like and like. Like a 
beer gut or something like that, like, which makes sense and everything because he's always eating everything like that. So having a, a dad bod, yeah. I, it makes sense. He also takes over uh, Fred's position at Wizard, uh, Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes, right? No, isn't because isn't he work at the Ministry in Cursed Child? I don't remember. Mm. I really don't remember. Oh jeez. Anyway, yeah. so it ends with like their kids going off and to Hogwarts and everything, like that, and it fades out, and that is the end of the official yeah. original seven series. That of, is it. As we say, let's. <laughs> it's, they say that um, Ron becomes an Auror, but before he becomes an Auror, he joins. Uh, George at Weasley's Wizard Weasley's. Weasley's. Okay. So he does that and then goes on. Okay. All right. Let's talk about characters. Oh boy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> let's talk, just, just talk about the core. Let's talk about the trio. I do want Voldemort, Dumbledore, Malfoy. I think we could probably. I think we could probably skip Dumbledore. Don't you think? Like, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. The trio: Malfoy, um, Ginny. Neville. Yeah, I just move. Do you want to start with Lupin? Yeah, I just want to just let's get Lupin out of the way. Yeah, Lupin. Um, for me, he has like one of the most uncharacteristic moments out of the entire series because Lupin was the level-headed voice of reason for this entire series, and like as much as Sirius was the father figure for Harry, um, but Sirius was more rambunctious and said, "Go, just." You go, go. Yeah. Lupin was the person like, take a minute and really think about this. Yeah. So it was a little bit disturbing for me reading before Harry, Ron, and Hermione invade, uh, infiltrate the ministry, and Lupin figures out where they are. And he very much says, like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but I would love if you guys would take me with you. Mm-hmm. I don't have to know anything, but having a someone like me with you will help you out ex. ex- like exponentially. exponentially, thank right. you. And well, once I could help with <laughs> uh, which is like okay, that is a great point. But Harry then calls him out. It's like you're running away. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, you have a kid. Like uh, you're no, we don't. You're you have Prue a kid. Fine, you have a kid <laughs> coming out your coming your way and everything like that. And this is the part where Lupin is like petrified. He doesn't want to do have anything. He's petrified for Tonks. He's petrified for a child. He's petrified of everything. And he's making this rash decision to run away from all of his problems. But and doesn't that make him more of a interesting character because he has a moment of doubt? No. I, I, I actually think it is fitting. And you know why? Because look at how long he made Tonks wait. Because this, this fear, he gets so wrapped up in that fear. I think he does push away and he does. And how would you push away a pregnant wife? You would run away. You can't, you can't distance. It's, I'm, no, I'm going to go help Harry save the world. I think you're right. I think a thousand percent Lupin has been one of the most responsible characters, but there's also that element to him. He's just as bit, you know, he, while he was the good one, he was still mischievous with the Marauders. And there is this element to him where in his head, I think he, he thinks he's not only protecting Harry by doing this, but it's kind of getting him out of this situation. I think he needed a kind of a human factor. Like he, he's not going to be perfect. So even though he was a responsible one, like by running away, um, and I think 
he needed to hear it from Harry. I think there has to be that moment where, like, student I mean, surpasses yeah. master. You know what I mean? I, I yes, yes. I under, okay, I understand exactly where it is. And, yeah, it brings him more down to a human level. But at the same time, it's just, like, I mean, I guess Harry gives give well, not exactly. But if Harry was in the situation, Lupin would give him a sort of the same res- answer. Yeah. But not as angry or ferocious like Harry did. Yeah, like Harry, Lupin would give it like more diplomatic, but Harry was like he needed to. Yeah, I think had he not been so uh, blunt, I think Lupin would have tried to reason, and Lupin would have been like, "No, but you need my help, and you guys aren't fully trained, and I can help you, and there's there's uh, communications that I can get to that you." Can. I think he would have tried to tried to grasp at every straw possible had Harry not said, "Absolutely not." And I think he needed that moment, and um, that I and I see why because Lupin's your favorite. Yeah, he's much so more character. That that moment of weakness is gonna. I mean, it's a, it's the same kind of thing where you know how I I truly will never see like what Dumbledore did at, as discrediting while other people are like, wait a minute, like this is cause for pause. Um, because it's, you have these, we have these characters on pedestals, and I think Harry needs to knock down those role models, um, and mm-hmm. that's, that was what was happening there. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Is that kind of, it's not, my, it's no, not no, a theory. <laughs> it's no, just, just like, it's just felt. so out of, it just seemed so out of character for it, and it was a little hard to read. Oh, I can't wait to so. read Cursed Child because there's another character that has a moment that I think you'll you'll be bothered by. Oh, read it already. The like, yeah, I have. I know I have to in order for us to continue these, these yeah, podcasts. Yeah, or this won't be the last book ever. <sighs> well, it is the last book. Well, a last play. Okay, but anyway, all right. So yeah, no loop. Okay. But then like Lupin, like Harry after he. Harry didn't feel bad initially, but then Harry started like yeah. feeling bad after that. But then he hears Lupin on the radio program, pretty much encouraging Harry to keep doing what he's doing. And when he finally catches up to what that the seaside cottage and yeah. Lupin doesn't bring it up ever again, but in fact, like embraces Harry and grants him the position of Godfather for Teddy. Yeah. So, okay, I, okay that's all I have to that's say about Lupin. It's just I was. I do wish he wasn't killed. I don't like oh, that God. another orphan was made. I thought that was rough. Yeah, but that's what makes it interesting. What, yeah. what the fuck did Harry do with this kid? You're right. You're right. I will take it. I understand that that should have been included more in the epilogue, but the epilogue is bare bones. Yeah, it, it was that's just the a problem. means to an end. Yeah. Um, who else? Who else do we have to talk about? Okay, talk about Harry. Harry. Yeah. Um, Harry. It's, you get to see, because... I mean, we, We're talking about Lockhart next, so there we go. <laughs> Where was he? <laughs> he would have showed up. He's he would have done something. Mungos. Yeah, imagine he like breaks out and he's just firing out, oblivious, like nonstop. I'll sign your. I'll sign your. Like, taking shirt. pictures, Ooh. like he's blinding people with. Ah, yeah. Somebody on fire running past him and everything. Um. Other than, I mean, he really is. This is the completion of Harry's hero's journey, and I, I do like that. As frustrated as Harry's getting, he he does remain really calm. And it's really Hermione who has, which is not like Hermione to be super emotional. I mean, we've seen her be emotional, but I think she is a little bit more volatile this time around. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you have to realize, I love that I'm talking about Harry, but I'm bringing up all this stuff about Hermione. But Hermione gave up the most. 
Yes. Like, Harry has oh, yeah. nothing to lose. Like, Harry has these friends and things like that who are already ready to sacrifice for him. So I don't really think that that weight of sacrifice is the same. But Hermione's giving up her family. She, You know, this budding relationship with Ron is potentially on the rocks. You know, she her education is something that's beyond treasured in her eyes. And she was willing to drop out without a second thought. And um, not that she would have been able to go anyway, but the fact that she would have given it up regardless. Yeah. And um, that is another question. Did they were they invited back to finish their? I would say so. Wait. Oh, you mean like after? Like, yeah. or is it just like Fred and George that didn't they didn't have to complete it? I I feel like they probably. I don't think they do. Jade Hermione was probably like, wait, I don't. I mean, I don't have to come back and complete it. Like, you don't have to. Like. She probably did any, like, GED. Owl in. She, like, owled in her classes, like, online classes. But, yeah. Uh, but so, I, and Harry and Ron are like, nope, uh, we're not, we not doing that. Because I don't think there's a lot of, like, accomplished wizards and witches that didn't I mean, what their... they accomplished this year, and especially during the Battle of Hogwarts, supersedes anything they were probably able to learn Honorary that year. Honorary graduates. Yeah. Yeah. Like Newt. Like Newt. Or... Which we don't know yet. Yeah. Or maybe he graduated, like it was said. But I'm not gonna get into this that, right you now. See, that's a retcon. That's a retcon. If it, if it yeah. stays with the movie, and that's the that's a retcon. This uh, this argument happened yesterday, and I don't want to relive it okay. again. Uh, no, <laughs> like, but, uh, okay, if given the opportunity, I think Hermione would go back. Oh yeah, go back to Hogwarts just to finish that one year. Yes. Ron and Her- uh, Ron and Harry would be like, see ya. Yeah. Or at least take the newts. Should probably just take the newts and not even have to. You don't even have to take the newts. Just give them, like, whatever the highest score on newts is. Yeah. Like, she probably literally just wanted to see what she'd get. Yeah. Because that's how crazy she is. Um, And that's, I think, with Harry, I don't want to say Harry's, like, I think Harry's got the least, um, how do I Development here. Yeah, because he's kind of, at this point, he's plateaued. Like, yeah. that's it. He's reached his It's goal. everybody else around him, which is, he's the level fourth, which is kind of cool and very different for Harry. And I think it's also what we get probably Radcliffe's best performance in the movies mm-hmm. from the uh, from the the story, minus the dancing. What minus the dancing with Hermione? Ah, uh, yes. But no, I think uh, just to bring you on, I think Harry does plateau. It's just he takes the final step when he understands that he has to sacrifice himself. Where he fully yeah. re- reconciles that he needs to sacrifice himself to save everyone else. I think that's when he fully becomes. The, yeah. his character arc is fully completed because he does not change too much from the start of the seventh book up until that point. And he, even he brings up the fact that I am afraid he's petrified to go through this and everything. Well, there's a self-awareness that yeah. I don't think he ever had before. No. But that comes with, you know, he's complete. He's cut off. He's lost all of his icons. He's essentially like his other adult role models. Like he put, he stopped idolizing like, Arthur and Molly and and Ramus and things like that, and he put them as his equals. Yeah, which I think that's what made him be able to do that. Whereas I think Harry and I, Harry, uh, Hermione and Ron, they still have growing to do. Uh, Hermione in, in just an emotional sense, and then Ron just in a maturity sense, because he needed it, it's that separation that Harry was able to do by losing these people. You know, Ron. Ron didn't lose anyone, really. Like, I mean, Moody to Ron is not the same as Moody to Harry. Mm. And he didn't lose anyone up Dumbledore to Ron, no. you know, is nothing. So, it, really, Ron had not paid any kind of price. No. Until Fred died. Until Fred died. But that's at the end. Like, yeah. at that point, so he already, I think the 
by him running home and then owning up to it, I think that's when he really got the ball rolling. Where he ran to Bill and Fleurs. Yeah, but because he was too afraid to go back. Too afraid to go, but he still went to family. Yeah. Yeah, so and so I guess we'll bring up Ron then. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, Harry plateaus and everything like that. Has this kind of reconciliation, what he needs to do and everything. And, yeah, and of course, Harry's always <sighs> been the eyes of the audience for throughout this entire book. And we really like to get to see perfectly from the point of view of him, especially when he's walking from Hogwarts to the woods and everything like that, especially mm-hmm. that moment. I mean, everyone that's listening to this podcast heard how choked up Tim and I got about that. Yeah, especially like being the, being given a chance to talk to people passed on everything and say, "Don't worry, everything's going to be okay." And then mm-hmm. is that moment of acceptance that's just like, <sighs> and that's my favorite part in the fourth book when you know all of the the prior kills yes. show up. So it, this isn't the first time that Harry's had that. No. So I think it's almost fitting because. Had that been the first time, I think he would have been a little bit more jarred. Yeah. But he found, like, a serenity in it because he's done this he's, he's been able to see, he finally see Sirius since the first time. In the, like, and he, but he, like, I think. He knew what to expect. He knew, yeah. but he knew who was going to come to him. Yeah, this time he called them. Yeah. He, last time it was the people that had been murdered. Yeah. Yeah, so, and your feelings on Ron. I mean, I, I guess, like, just, like, yeah. his yeah. growth and everything like I, that. Like, I forgive him for acting the way he yeah. did and the locket has a huge and he, like i said before he's the most susceptible to it he would be um you know and it brought out the worst in all of them but ron i think had a little bit more to bring out than the other two yeah um just just speaking because he he just wasn't quite grown up yet yeah. but we saw that from book one where he was always in the shadow of all his brothers and all the successes and then in the fourth book where he was he Pretty much had enough of being the shadow of okay. Harry Potter. Yep. So all those in- envious, side yeah, of- all those insecurities, and then obviously his feelings for Hermione, which I completely don't get why it's still like oblivious, like weird, like that. Like why they stuff. haven't? The sixth book set it up. Yeah, six books. You should. They should have been a couple going into the seventh book, but they're not. I think- I think there was a hesitation there more just on, like, awkwardness. Does that make sense? Yeah, but they essentially admitted their feelings for yeah. each other in the sixth book. But I think it's like, oh, here's a sixth book, but then it's like, oh, wait, we have to go save the world. So it got, like, put on hold. Like, it wasn't, like, a thought. Like, I, I don't... I mean, like, how would you feel, like, uh, at that point, like, Harry's with Do you really want to make him the third wheel like, yeah. and all that? Like, I feel like they push their feelings to No, the but back. I think I made this point in the sixth book review, but you have them as... Ron and Hermione as a couple. Yeah. They're still going to act this almost the exact same way, but how much more emotional would that have been if Ron stormed out if the, he was dating Hermione? Hermione's boyfriend literally just left both have, of them. It would be a little bit more heart-wrenching for Hermione, even though it was... To, I feel like it was, it was very heart-wrenching this way. Anyway, because... It to the next level. See, but I don't, I don't know, because I almost... Because then I think... There would be no reconciling that. Had they had then had they been an actual couple, and Ron stormed out the way he did, not like Harry did, where he bowed out gracefully to Ginny, stormed out the way that they did. There's no repairing that. You leave like that, you leave. But they repaired it anyway when they're in the same way. But what I'm saying is, because they were never fully together, and there was never, um, the tension was there, the feelings were there, but it was never fully brought into fruition, you can still mend that, 
But I'm saying, had that been the bond been there, like uh, essentially, like if you, how can I put this in like not wizarding terms? If you broke up, like if a boyfriend and girlfriend broke up, it's a lot different than a fiance and a fiance broke up. Like if you're engaged to be married or a divorce, even it's a lot harder to reconcile a divorce and to get back together than it is for a boyfriend girlfriend to get back together. Yeah. So. What I'm saying is their friendship, because even though there is more there and it's set up and there, it's blossomed, there's st- it's always been awkward because it's the three of them and they don't know how to shift that group dynamic to it's going to be Harry, uh, Harry, then Ron and Hermione. So while it'll still be the three of them, it'll still be that triangle. Or yeah, but this is, goes back to why just yeah. to why I have such a problem with the sixth book because it set something up and it just completely discarded it. I it would have been I don't, I don't think it discarded. It, I, but I, it did. They, they, they don't. They, I, th- I, I I think they put it on hold. I think they acknowledge they the fact. Yeah, they acknowledge the fact that we we care about each other and we will address this. I feel like they've reached a level of maturity that they are willing to. The greater good is the bigger concern right now. That's what we need to deal with right now. And yeah. especially, Herm- I bet you Hermione brought it up. Not Ron. Ron no, probably wants that, that to but, be a relationship. Okay, but here's the argument for that response: Ginny and the Burrow. Because Hermione knew Ginny was going to give Harry a birthday kiss. And she distracted Ron from that moment. She literally brought Ron away while Harry went into Ginny's room. Ginny was like, let's make out because I have nothing. I just want you to remember you, you remember me before you get out of this. Ron then gets suspicious and crashes into Ginny's room. Hermione's embarrassed. Why would if why would Hermione let because that they, happen? Because they had already been physical at that point. They had already been a couple. They yeah, had but already the, been a couple. Okay, but 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 Hermione and Ron had never kissed, had never had never crossed that line. Like, so yes, there's one way of having this one thing of having a friendship, but like once you've reached that level of intimacy with somebody like that, yeah, but, it's hard to go back. Okay, but they've already reached that point in the yeah, sixth book. But the, and although they, there was no oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, they, they, they didn't kiss, but they knew they knew exactly yeah, that they loved each feel, other. You can know those feelings and and know that they're there and still have yet to move forward with them. They I have had those feelings with somebody and I have not acted on them. And it's right, I just like read that. another book where they, they had these feelings and there was a moment, but then something tragic happened. They had to put it on ice and they thought it wasn't going to happen. They thought it was just, they missed the opportunity and then they were able to go back. I think that's exactly what happened with Ron and Hermione. They, and the problem with Ginny, the difference with Ginny <clears> is you look at the character's you look at Ginny as a character. So this is what Ginny wanted. Harry broke it up. Ginny didn't want to break it up. She knew what he would have to do, and she knew why he was doing it, and she accepted it in a way, but she didn't want that. And so she's still very much in her head. They're together. She knows he's not going out to go with other people. She knows that's not the deal. Whereas the difference being with Ron and Hermione... Is that it's not that they're dating other people and they know they both care about each other deeply. It's just that in, they have tunnel vision. It is hold off on this because we have to go help Harry save the world. So I think they – and I, I honestly think Harry's a huge factor in that. I think had Harry not been and it was like, hey, we have these feelings, yeah, they probably would have progressed further and maybe they would have – you know. but because it's a group dynamic – I think that because when you have two guy best friends and a girlfriend is introduced to it, even if everybody's friendly with each other, that dynamic changes. Oh, no, I agree and so I that. think it, there, I think that was a huge, huge reason why they put it on ice. 
and there's tension. There's so much tension. You feel it in the wedding. You feel it, you know, Ron, when Crumb walks in, he's so worried about it because they're not together. So theoretically, Hermione could spark things right back up with Crumb. So I, and I understand like why you would want them to be together because it's been there and we're waiting and we're but waiting. Because the six books set it yeah. up. That's what pissed me off about But the I think book. that anticipation only mm. makes... It makes this more rewarding. Yeah, and makes that betrayal of Ron hurt so much for us as the audience. Because we're like, are you fucking kidding? This girl loves you. You have your best friend and you're just going to walk out on all of them? And I think that's why like when Ron's on his best behavior, he's not... He doesn't... It's not Harry. Harry's already over it. He's trying to win back Hermione. But that I don't think, no matter what he did, no matter what he said about house elves, if he walked out when they were together, I don't think it would have worked the same way. Yeah, but boyfriend-girlfriends get back together after, like, such horrible shit. But you look at the the relationship, how long this has taken, how uh, how many feelings had already been hurt through this entire period of time i don't think it would have worked the same way okay i mean i don't think it's this is just one thing i don't think we're going to ever agree no, on no but okay <laughs> no i understand where you're coming yeah. from but no, i see your point too i just think i i just don't think it would have worked the same if they had been together during this whole time okay and next. <laughs> I was like, God, Tim, where's our mediator? Uh, I, I was really just fascinated with the verbal uh, duel that you guys have been having. So, uh, I wonder if this is what my customer felt like yesterday. Possibly. At least you had the wherewithal to say we're probably never going to agree. No, that guy was I just mean, like, I but that's, that's a true form of respect, being they're agreed to yeah. this. No, I understand where you're coming from. I just hope you understood where I come no, from. I of course. And... I, but I, I think I, I agree with you. I don't think you've been been able to reconcile them if like they were even somewhat intimate and then left them. Yeah, but like, boyfriends cheat on girlfriends all the time and then they get back together. You, but Hermione, that's had, still an ultimate. Tr- that's still an yeah. ultimate form of betrayal. But is it ever really the same? No, kind of is. Not always. Mm. No, because you always have in the back of the mind that that person that has the possibility or the capability. Yeah. To do that. You, you've broken... It, essentially, you've broken the unbreakable vow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but him leaving is, is essentially destroying back. that truck. Yeah, he came back. Well, everyone comes See, back. But the thing is, he came back, saved Harry's life, and then he... And she didn't forgive him right away. No, I, I'm, no, no, I'm not saying... Him, you know? Even if they were boyfriend-girlfriend, she I wouldn't have forgive him right away. I think it would... It would still hurt. It would hurt a lot. I, I mean, it just would have been worse. You think, like, even in this epilogue where they get married and stuff like that, you think Hermione still forgave him for that? No. Probably never. So if even if they were boyfriend-girlfriend, she still wouldn't forgive him. But she would forgive the fact that he... She would acknowledge the fact that he did come back and he was... Here's a question that I have a problem with the epilogue. Do you think they would actually stay married? Don't they get divorced? I heard somewhere they end up divorced. No, no, you know, no, I, no. I don't think that's ever confirmed. No, but I'm like, say, say the curse child never happened. Yeah, like, would they have lasted? I would like to think so. I like that they're so different. I think Hermione... Like, they bring the up the only, best Yeah, and I think the only thing that might happen is that Ron wouldn't intellectually challenge Hermione enough. But I also think that Hermione wouldn't let herself be bored in any other aspect, so she'd find that comforting. Like, that he's kind of like... Um, do you ever watch like just 
trashy TV just to turn your brain off? Because I do it. I watch reality TV shows sometimes because I watch such heavy-hitting shows. Sometimes after a long day, I'm like, I'm just putting on this mindless junk so that way I have a TV on. Like, I mean, that, I, 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 I kind of do that because like I've been watching a lot of The Wire, and I'm like, this is a very heavy show. Then I, I moved over to Netflix. I'm like, all right, I'm putting on the CW like DC yeah. shows. And I'm like, i got to put on Legends of Tomorrow because otherwise I'm, like, I'm just going to kill myself. Because it's a CW show, and then Wire's on HBO, right? Yeah. So, like, the... And, Two different subject matters and, like, and intensity. Yeah, and, and not saying CW doesn't produce quality work. No. But it's just, like, the level of some... And the, the I think, how they stick with you, some of the yes. HBO shows. Like, if you ever want to show that I get goosebumps talking about it, Treme, the first season, mm-hmm. one of the most powerful shows I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, these shows, whereas I've watched a bunch of CW shows that are essentially kind of the same, just with, like, a different... Yeah, yeah, like I mean, like a lot of like the CW, like the TV shows with um, like the DC stuff, like like to the point like we call jokingly called DCW because like how much DC uh, comics content is on there. Uh, there's always there's always sequels, there's always love triangles and everything like that, and it's the CW formula on like a lot of their shows, yeah. and it definitely percolates through these kind of uh, properties as well. So I kind of get used to them. I, I, I justify like these are my stories, these are my soaps that I watch and everything yeah, like that. Exactly, and I, so I think Ron to her would feel kind of safe, kind of like home, so she can kind of relax, and and she'll still have books, and of course, I mean she's the belle of the Wizarding World, but yeah. like I think. I, I would like to think they stay together. Um, I actually, I just, I think they're one of the better couples. I know that's highly debated, but I, I like how they work together. Yeah, no, I just, I guess to simplify things, Hermione will make Ron really think and be serious, but at the same time, Ron will make Hermione relax and just have fun with everything. Yeah. Uh, Neville and Luna. That was so adorable. It's just that at the end, they get... Having them together is perfect. It I think it's perfect. a perfect pairing. They set that up. It's very subtle how they set that up. Yes. But it's very, very nice. And, re- like, you really hope that they go far with each other, which you honestly would think because Luna will challenge Neville to really go out of his element and just, like, hey, want to go after Crumpled Horde Snorlax yeah. this weekend? Of course. And he's like, hmm, I'll bring my biology book. I'll bring my, yeah, my herbology, uh, herbology book with Close us. I knew I was wrong, but no, it's okay. Well, that would be like the, uh, I'm sure that's like the equivalent. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I'll bring my herbology book and we can go looking in the, in the woods yeah. together. They, it's they, like, okay. they, they would be the kind of people you would see like, oh, we're going hiking this weekend or like, oh, we're going to. We're going on a five day backpacking trip, yeah. trip in the middle of nowhere. They would do, they would be that couple yeah. and they'd be perfect for each other. And it's funny like when we were bringing up uh, Luna before, when you were talking about when they walked into Luna's uh, room oh, and everything, and, and for some reason I just thought of. When Luna made the Gryffindor, um, the hat, the hat, and the lion hat, and, the lion hat and, he, and Harry could hear it roar from the crowd, and, and for some reason that got me welling up because I'm like, oh, because that's that is Luna perfectly like, sure. That's a different yeah. house, but she shows so much love and dedication to some of the Gryffindors. And the everything. loyalty that she she would be a Huffle Gryffindor combo. Yes, because the uh, loyalty. No, oh, that's what, you're right. You're right. Sorry, I said Hufflepuff, but I meant Ravenclaw. I, I see. I screwed that up too. Yeah, because we uh, it was like the thought <laughs> process, but like um, because the loyalty that she shows and the bravery that she shows. I mean, they they just mesh so well with, and she really is this just this quirky, um, fiercely loyal person. Mm-hmm. 
Any last words on Neb? No. I think what does what does Neville become at Hogwarts? The teacher. Yeah. The herbology. The herbology teacher. Yeah. Okay. That's um, all. That's my only question. I know they he becomes a professor there. Yeah. Malfoy. <sighs> It's it's He's interesting not really because he, it's like he like the the sixth book the end of the sixth book really affected him to where he actually had a, pretty much his character ter- yeah, one like eight. a crisis of character pretty much like he had he didn't want to be this person no. at all and you could see that where he's like okay well is this Harry Potter when they bring him to when he's brought to the Mal- Malfoy's ma- mm-hmm. mansion mm-hmm. and he's Malfoy doesn't want to give a yes or no answer it's like it could be. Could not be. His face is all fucked up. Yeah. Like, what about his friends? It's like, yeah, do I really know them? Mm. Remember that but, scene from The Departed? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then, like, um, obviously, he doesn't want the, them ended up... Him and the Battle of Hogwarts, he gets in, and, yeah, he wants to... Um, he wants to apprehend them, yeah. but he's still trying to get control over Crab and Goyle because... They're, they were his friends, yes. or go, goonie, Goonies, wherever, mm. and they're just like, no, you, you, you don't, be, you don't command us anymore. And then it kind of like feels like completely lost because it's like, okay, well then what the fuck do I have now? Yeah. So I mean, he takes the most drastic turn. I don't know anything about him and the cursed child. Uh, I know I heard shit, but at the same time, I don't know. But it seems like at the very end, where Harry and him look across at um, platform nine and three quarters and kind of like just acknowledge each other. Like, it is a turning point for him. He's not – Draco is not going to be 100% a good person, no. but at least he'll be more of a respectable person. Mm. And I think – oh, my God. I just had a – I'm losing it. Um, losing yeah, it. like, my caffeine level is progressively decreased. Um, there's – oh, there we go. There's a level of understanding between Malfoy and Harry that there were, never was between Severus and James. And I think – that's important. I think that's that separates, um, you know, whatever the James that everybody says he was when he was younger. Because you look at it, the Draco Harry relationship is very similar to the St. James relationship. Harry. So the fact that you can get them on this level when they were kind of almost sworn enemies, um, is really really nice. And I do think how defeated he is in this book, a pair, you know. Compared to last book where it was just Draco, Draco, Draco and like this. And he was kind of, for- his hand's been forced this whole time. So you had like snotty little 11 year old him who's like, do you know who my father is? Mm. I mean, as he got older, you could tell that this was not the life he would have chose for himself. But he had no manner. And I think that's why once you get to this and once you take out like kind of his dad from the equation, you get this kind of defeated and like. I don't want to say a hollowed self of him, but a little bit more vulnerable of a self for Malfoy. He started to have, he started to realize, look at himself in the mirror and be like, do I really like this person? Was he looking at the man in the mirror? <laughs> thinking maybe he should change his ways? Thank you, MJ. I totally lost on this reference. Michael Jackson reference. Man in the mirror. Oh, I don't know the, the song. But good pull right there. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Um, this is my, this is how you must feel all the time. Yeah, and that's why the look on your face. Just remember, that's how I look at you all the time. I'm always hitting you or something like that. Is that, is that the look they get? But like, what are you talking about? Yeah, slap, slap, slap. Yeah, when you guys go on your tangents. Ah, uh, Who else are we missing? Uh, 
I mean, well, there are a lot of, like, little characters and yeah, things like I, that, I but mean, that I don't think really are as... Not as important, so... No, we already talked, we talked, yeah. we talked about half an hour about him. So, yeah, no, I think that's that's good for characters. I mean, we'll always, we can always bring him up in the commentaries, but now, final summations on the books, your ranking of the series, book-wise. Oh my god. We have done this before, and I always I, I, That's why I wanted to be order. definitive now, that's why, like, that's why Do I you wrote... Have a, you, you I, wrote I, I wrote it down? down while you guys were talking, when, like, how I... Oh, I, you didn't write down ours, what we said before. No, then, no, no, right? no, 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 I just wrote I down, like, while you guys were talking tonight, I was like, I, I wrote down, like, yeah. uh, I'll go first, Yeah, then. you go first. Um... Should we go from least to favorite? Do least to favorite. All right, least is this one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just maybe it's the lull, and uh, we've played the same beat twice of infiltration of a very impossible place that kind of does it. Sure, it has so many great moments of closure and everything like that, and things are finally ramping up, and the Battle of Hogwarts is tremendous and everything like that, as well as the acceptance in Harry's life that he's going to die. However, um... The epilogue is kind of like it's kind of clumsy playing the same beat twice it's like eh, okay uh, my second uh, to last is uh, Order of the Phoenix I think it's because that Harry is so intolerable because of that and of course there's a great explanation for it because of Voldemort is influencing him for the most part of the book once he realizes there's a connection there through Oculumacy and I always say, like, if he was just masturbating, he would have been a lot less, a lot less tense throughout <laughs> the book. I, I, I stand by that uh, feeling. Um, third, uh, um, um, Goblin Fire. I, I really enjoy it. And I really dig it and everything like that. And maybe it's because I just associate the movie just kind of butchering the story so much. It's like, ah, oh, and I mean, like, I, like I said. Love the opening because every every other part of this this saga has always been through Harry's eyes, except for the opening uh, the opening of um, Goblet of Fire, the yeah. story of the, town, the riddles and the tragedy that happened in that town. Um, next one, uh, Prison of Azkaban, the Shrieking Sack, uh, three chapters, perfection right there, and I love that writing. Um, and you just like the moment of dash that where like you want like like serious name is gonna be cleared. He's gonna get to go live with him. Everything's gonna be vindicated. Everything's gonna be fine. And it's just take it away from him. And it's like ah. But and I love the more maturity of the storytelling and everything like that. My third favorite, uh, the first one, Sorcerer's Stone, is the most pure. Like when it comes to just simple storytelling and setting up everything, have so much world building that we do not know about yet. In this, in the first book, that eventually pays off later down the line, uh, and I just maybe because it was the first one we were introduced and everything like that, that was like, oh, there's so much nice set up and everything like that. That I find it really wonderful and just so charming. Number two, second favorite, uh, Half Blood Prince, and it's something that I've come around on. And I think it's because like. Harry's gotten over the path of like where he was in Order of the Phoenix, and he's become a more mature person. We get to we get to see the breakdown of like what Dumbledore really is and everything like that. We get to see so much of Tom Riddle's backstory and everything that it's just so fascinating. And you be like, you wish the whole book was like that at that point, and you just had that so much exploration. Um, we're introduced to Slughorn and, and everything like that, and I found him to be a very interesting character. Sure, we get the, we have the the blossoming uh, love of uh, love life of Ron and Lavender Brown and everything like that. It is kind of 
irksome and everything. Like that. And I, I, I see your point, Dakota, of like, like Ron and Hermione should be together and everything. Everybody with two eyes can see that. Cyclopses can probably see that. Just screaming at the end of the book. Just fuck already. Exactly. God. Um, the death of Dumbledore and everything, and how powerful that is, and of course the diehard references that we have with Half Blood Prince, with the assault on the first assault uh. on Hogwarts and everything. And my favorite, Chamber of Secrets, and I think it's made just because I just love. I mean, I'm just uh, as I'm talking about this and why, why I'm falling in love with so much. Of it, I think the exploration of backstory and the mythology that's in this world. And I think it's Professor Ben's telling about how the Chamber of Secrets was originally, o- originally open, everything, seeing Tom Riddle as a kid and everything. Um, we get the exp- exploration of, like, the first kind of uh, ethnic slurs in the Wizarding World of, like, purebloods and, and half-bloods that, that's explored here. Uh, give the word Lockhart and this how fun that is and everything. And <laughs> Harry, Harry, Harry. <laughs> Harry. And it, 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 this is a horror story. It is a horror story through and through and everything. It's just a horror fan. I think that's why I love that the most. And I hope you guys have already organized it because I am running out of things to say. Oh, yeah. We're, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, you guys you take it. Your ranking of the books. Um, okay. So I definitely think it has changed. Um, but my least favorite, and I will stand by it, is the first book. Um, I How dare you I slam? Know, um, it, I, it has always been my least favorite. It took me the longest to read, and it was only the last few chapters that made me go, hmm, I want to know what happens, um, that all of this kind of snowballed, and I enjoyed it so much. Um, I mean, looking back and having reread it when we started the podcast, it definitely was better than what I remembered and mm. gave it credit to, um, but I think just as far as series goes, that's my last one. And then I'm I'm kind of tossed up on what my second to least favorite is. Um, I'm tossed between Chamber of Secrets and then Half-Blood Prince. Um, I mean, Chamber of Secrets, as much as I like story-wise and, and the development and how it's progressed, I, I think it's the basilisk. It's, it's all of... I mean, essentially, it's like all of my fears in one little package book. I'm surprised you really deal with the like the cables that we have for our microphones that look very snake like. Yeah. I was so I, never... I I yeah. Thanks for putting that in my head. Sorry. <laughs> um, but that's I mean that's my favorite part of Batman Lego Movie when he's like cloud snakes because you put that in my head. <laughs> um, but yeah. So and then the sixth book because the sixth book I really I think a lot of that I like the memories and then I I like. The growing up, but I think it pales in, in comparison to some of the other stories. Um, the seventh, I'm pretty sure this is the one I moved because the more I read it, the more I enjoy it. Um, but it's still the least read out of all of the books, and we know that I've read them a godly amount of times. Mm-hmm. Um, next would be uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. I love Sirius. I mean, he's still one of my favorite characters. Um, second, going whatever order we're in, but uh. Order of the Phoenix. So I know a lot of people hate it because of the angst, but I still, still, I just like growing up with it, and I like how Harry handles most of it, and I, and that whole ending battle. Um, and then my favorite will always, always, always be Goblet of Fire, because that is where shit really hits the fan. And you get, you allude to that in Prisoner of Azkaban, but, and all of the things he has to go through at such a young age. Uh, before that and during the fourth book and just Voldemort coming back, like, this is it. This is the turning point for me. So that's the order for mine. Okay, so I think that I, this is probably definitely uh, different from what we did in the past 
Um, I'm pretty sure everyone knows my least favorite and most favorite. Those have stayed the same, but everything else is in the middle. So this would definitely be my definitive list. So you can mark me down on this. Least, <laughs> n- coming in at number seven, Half-Blood Prince. We all know why. Um, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I love the memories. I love the murder plot of Dumbledore with Draco. I love the infiltration and the Horcruxes. It's just all the other bullshit you have to get through to get to those points. Like, God damn it. Like, Hermione and Ron don't need to do go through all this shit. And Harry's like, well, I like Ginny, but Ginny's Ron's brother. But Ginny's also dating D- Dean. So I'm just going to sit here while in my own shit. So I don't need all that. <laughs> <laughs> and at this series, it, that killed the book for me. Where it's like, why am I reading this? Um, coming in at number six is uh, Deathly Hollows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong; all these books have greatness in them. It's yeah. just whatever, whatever. So this is ranked second to lowest because the story, for me, it does drag a little bit in the first half. Once we get to the cottage, that's where I felt like it really picked up and really became an enticing story. Um like I think like the you know, like one thing we we should all make clear like something had to be last. Yeah, so, something had to be last. Yeah, that, 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 that's the problem and yeah. especially like, like I said before I'm I'm making my 100 favorite movies list like something has to be in the 100 at like number 190 and, and so mm-hmm. on and so on. Doesn't mean I don't love them as much as the others but I'm like just like something has to fill that void. Yeah. But go on. Sorry. Yeah, so number seven, it just feels like it drags uh, up until where they get to the cottage where, like, Harry finally starts realizing some, like, what's going, like, exactly what's going on, what Voldemort's angle is. And that's where I feel like it really stepped up and started cooking with gas. And the whole ending, besides the epilogue, I thought was very great. I mean, you heard heard me well up trying to explain uh, Harry going to the Forbidden Forest uh, knowing that he was going to his death. So, but it just slowed. It just was slow in the first half. And there's some elements where, like, the whole Ron and Hermione thing, which you heard Nikki and I just go on, go yeah. on about. Um, all right. Number five would be uh, Sorcerer's Stone. Mm. Um, it is it's not that I don't like. There's nothing really I don't like about this book. It's so bright and cheery and clean. Uh, just you read it and you're like, okay. I just read a Harry Potter book. Yeah. Like, this is like, yay, back being a little kid like, again. I may want to reread that once we're done here. Yeah, like, it's like, may... it's almost refreshing in a way because it's so innocent and you're in this world where Harry's going through everything of just eyes wide open and wonder, everything like that. And it's great. It's just, you know, some dark tones are not as dark as they could be. Mm. So, yeah, it leaves more to desire, which I like because that really brought you into other books. Mm. Um, number four is Chamber of Secrets because it goes on that keeps, it doesn't go quite as dark yet. It does, goes darker, it goes darker, but it doesn't reach that point of like, okay, this is really more for like that older teenage audience where like shit's getting real. Mm. So I like a lot of the elements in Chamber of Secrets and, but once again, you're reading it, it's like, okay, I'm a kid again. And Harry still doesn't know exactly what's going on. And maybe I'm being a little bit more forgiving with this book because Dobby is, I think one of my least favorite characters in the entire series. I know that's controversial and stuff, but at the same time, it sets up beautifully this whole story and what Dobby tries to do to get Harry out of Hogwarts and just what he fails to do. Um, Coming in third is the order of the Phoenix. This is like the first real dark book where you got, it's really heavy hitting 
and I it's also the longest, but it introduces so many great characters. Like we really get to know, um, we really get to know Tonks in this book. We really get to know Luna. We, we get to know Luna. We get to know uh, Moody even because he's not he's not yeah, Barty Crouch Junior. Moody exactly. Yeah. Um, so I like that. And plus, we get introduced to Twelve Grimald Place. Uh, you just end up really hating Umbridge, mm. like with a passion. And that whole final fight scene, yes, it's a little convoluted how they get to uh, the uh, Department of Mysteries. Mm. But at the same time, it's such a great ending to that book. And it really leaves you hollow when Sirius Black dies. And you're going like, yeah. I just want mo- I wanted more of him. And you just took him away from us. I think like what really nails that point home is the mirror at the very end. The mirror that he finds that he could have communicated with. Yes, the, the with mirror, which is like, oh, God, no. Yeah. We, like, you could communicate with him anytime you want yeah. to. But, and at the same time, you understand why – I understand why Harry's so angsty yeah. and outlandish because I was the same way when I was 15 years old. Yes. Like, you're going through all this shit, but Harry's, like, exponentially going through all this stuff because Dumbledore stopped talking to him. Shit's getting real in the Wizarding World with Voldemort, and no one's talking to him. No one's bringing him in on everything, and he's the centerpiece of this. So I understand it, and I love. I really like that book. Um, my number two is uh, *Goblet of Fire*. That was a lot of fun to read. Um, it does. Ex- this, I feel like this is the first book that uh, expands the Wizarding World a little bit bigger. Uh, you got the uh, Quidditch World Cup, which was amazing. Uh, you got the Triwizard Tournament. You get introduced to other other Wizarding schools, which are like, oh, I thought it was just Hogwarts, but obviously not. Um, and you got to introduce more characters. I mean, you got to introduce Victor Crumb. You got to introduce the Fleur. Um, you got introduced uh, Cedric Diggory. Really got int- like more expanded on this. Yeah. Um, you got that lovely hatred towards uh, Reader Skeeter. Yeah. But that played beautifully in at the very end as well. And there's just a lot of like in this book. And obviously, the graveyard scene at the very end was just perfection. Mm. And then, obviously, my number one choice is Prisoner of Azkaban. That was the book that really hooked me into this series because I absolutely fell in love with the whole series uh, black plot and the, the twists and turns of the Animagus. And uh, obviously, Lupin being my favorite character is introduced, and he's just awesome. And then I just, just look. I have nothing to complain about that with that book. Not really. I just find it funny that I'm more forgiving towards the earlier um, entries in the, in the saga, and you guys are having a little more like towards the later half, like oh. toward towards your halves of anything. No, I'm act- changes. I mean, it used to be like number six used to be my least favorite. Yeah. And like after going through over it again, I think it, it has moved up the ranks. Well, that's what it is too. It's when we read it and how we because a lot of it. So um, we're going to relate a little bit more to the later books um, other than the ones that we've, like, stapled. Like, Goblet of Fire will always be my favorite. Yeah. Even if I am more forgiving about six and seven. Yeah. Because um, now it's easier where we're at to relate to those things than the kid books. Mm. You know, we're further removed. When we first read the younger ones, we were younger. Mm. So it's easier to relate to a character who's a little bit older than it is to an 11-year-old. But my my list is six and seven are at the bottom of my list, so I don't really. I'm more harsher on those two books than oh, okay. I am with the. I mean, it goes six, yeah, seven, that one, changed, two. Right? That changed from six has always been my, the bottom. Yeah. Seven moved around 
Seven moved around for me, too. Yeah, but one and two are, like, in the middle of the pack, and, like, the yeah. middle books, three, four, and five, are my top books. Gotcha. Because I think I just... I liked it. I liked the tone and, like, the story a little bit better. I like mm. a darker element, just in general, too. Like, that's... I mean, I enjoy... I mean, I th- you do, too. So, yeah. it's, you know, I enjoy that darker, and that, that's why I responded. I mean, that's why I like... Um, Order of the Phoenix so much. It's because Harry's like practically screaming like there's something wrong here and no one wants to listen. Which is why I had such a big problem with the movie because they made it just dark altogether. Yeah. And there was no compare contrast there. Final thoughts. We didn't do our least. Is that like part of our least favorite favorite part? Of the book? Of the yeah, book? We didn't do, we didn't do it this time. Oh, for the, for the book? Uh, yeah. Sure. Our least favorite part of the book? And then... um, least favorite part of the book is probably the, like, the never-ending walk through the woods. <laughs> I think that's. I think it's going to be universal. Yeah. I mean, at least that's how I feel. It would be. How they're yeah. always in the woods. And, and just, just like, like how long it's on yeah. and on and on. Well, you hate that more than the epilogue? Oh, I didn't count the epilogue. I'm not counting the epilogue. Okay. I don't think yeah. everybody is. I don't, because I think that's just universally okay. agreed on. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite is uh, the how they found out about the Tales of the Beetle and the Bard. Um, because I like that in both book and movie. So. Um, least favorite part of like, the very long Arger's journey and everything like that. The Lord of the Rings journey that they go on in the woods. Uh, uh, but my favorite part is him seeing the spirits of his Fallen family members and everything like that. Then they're at the council home before he gets to face uh, uh, Voldemort one more time. Yeah, I think I have to agree with you on both of those. Like, the walk through the woods, that's why it, number seven ranks so low, because it just really dragged dragged it out. It's like, okay, we can move a little bit faster here. Yeah. yeah. And But, yeah, the best part of that book was him reconciling with his death and, like, being uh, reassured by his mother, father, uh, Lupin, and and serious at the end. I mean, it, it's one of the more emotional responses I had in the entire series. Mm. So I have to give it a lot of credit, and that has to be my favorite part of this book. Final thoughts on the series? Oh my god, it's it's one of those things where I think everyone sh- really should read this series. Mm. It it there's so much. You definitely have to. It's definitely it's very entertaining from that perspective. But almost for a living, like your life, living wise, there's a lot of stuff you can learn from this book. Yeah, and there's a lot of things you can relate. You could see yourself in a lot of moments with Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and like you can wish, like, oh, that would be cool if I was part of that whole thing. And then Mm. you latch yourself onto different elements of the book. I mean, part of the thing that I was really fascinated about was Quidditch, which I know died. After it died pretty quickly, I mean, it became less and less of a thing. Uh, but that was because the story overtook school life more, mm. more and stuff like that. But it's just there's something for everyone in these books, and it's really something that everyone should experience. Yeah, no, I agree a thousand percent. Because even if so, and that's always my thing with Star Wars is like, oh, I missed a boat, and like it's it's harder for me to get into. But I still think you have to experience the books, and I tell people, you know what. If you're going to skip the movies, fine, skip the movies, but at the very least, read the books, because they are, they're good books, and it's, like, taking beside the fact that I'm, like, obsessed with them, if, if I wasn't so into them, I would still recommend this series, and it's, like, um, it, I, there doesn't go a day that I don't quote it in some capacity, um, I just think, 
I know how sad I was when it was all over and it, it felt like I was losing that, which is why I've read them so many times. Cause it felt like I was losing almost like a part of me because it was like the anticipation of going to get the books and doing all of this. So I, I do think, you know, there's a reason that I've stuck with it all these years and like, it's so fun. I get made fun of all the time at work. It's like, Oh, you know, those adult Harry Potter fans are the worst. And it's like, you know, but, like, there, there's a lot of themes in here that you didn't pick up as a kid and you will pick up as an adult. So it, it should never be like, well, you know, I didn't read them when I was a kid, so I'm not going to read it now. Like, I, I've known people who have started them much later in life and still enjoyed them nonetheless. It's just a good fucking series. I agree. I do, do feel like it's one of those milestones that you should read. And, like, just because you didn't read them as a kid, I, like, you should, like, Anytime, no matter wherever you are, you can pick up the series and you can enjoy it. Because even if, like, you're older and, and you say, like, oh, I know how that felt. I know where he's coming from there. Or I know where she's coming from there, et cetera, et cetera. And going on the journey from where where Harry was on Perfect Drive to the very end of on Platform 9 and 3 quarters several years later. But I think the most important thing I got out of these books is, and this is going to be totally sappy, I think it's these discussions. This is what uh. I know. And, and, and I'm sitting here like thinking like I'm, I'm actually starting to get a little depressed. Yeah, yeah so I'm like, and when you're saying like it's ending, I'm just like, I'm like, we're not going to be able to yeah. really have these discussions really anymore. I mean, like, we've well, you know what I've them. been thinking too is like, okay, like what else can we do? Because that's the thing that three of us have such different interests and you guys have a lot of something. But I'm like, what can all three of us do that we all That's what I'm like? saying. Like, what do we do? Do we read yeah. the Dra- Girl in the Dragon Tattoo series? Yeah, or like, do we watch? Where do we go? And that's, and, um. Yeah, because I don't want this to end. That's no. why I'm like seriously depressed. Like, done this for over a year. Now. It's been yeah. over a year. Yeah, I mean, I I only think I have the movie still to get through. Yeah, I know that. This but... and the Cursed Child, and then I was actually telling Tim we have to have a Fantastic, game show, and then Fantastic and... Beast, and Quidditch throughout the ages, and then the Fantastic Beast. This yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Tales of the Beetle the Bard. We yeah, could keep going. Can yeah, keep I, going. I, 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 I know. I'm just saying, like, it, I'm just saying because I'm just like, I think I found these books more rewarding because we've had these discussions. I, That's yeah. why I think I so. So I yeah. do too, because it's it, it's died out a lot too. Like, not as many people want to like discuss these things. So it's like so exciting that we yeah. Have this. Okay. Um, Don't y'all can't cry again because I can't hold it no, back a second time. No, that's no, fucked no, up. no, no. I'm sorry. I, yeah, there's. I mean, and that's the thing too because not only do you learn so many life lessons from these books, but there's such a connecting factor. Like uh, the people that I've been able to talk about Harry Potter stuff with, like that stranger yesterday who's probably never coming back to the bar. <laughs> I berated him, but like, yeah, there's so many people, and there's so many people that um, I think have benefited, and they said that. Um, children who have read Harry Potter, just how they are tolerant and how they are so much more understanding and there's benefits to it. And, um, I, you know, I've learned a lot of lessons and I've used, I've written, I got into college with a Harry Potter themed essay. So it, there's, it's important and it's, it's enriched art. Like we were not this close before these podcasts. No. We didn't even know each other before no, these. No, yeah, yeah. and I really didn't know so each other. Like, I now we have cartoons because of you. Yeah, so. no, because I mean these conversations not only like, I mean I, I, I yes I'm an angry person. Whatever. <laughs> if you listen to this, I'm very angry because I'm actually very emotional about these books. Yeah, 
and they're very passionate. passionate and they're very close to me. So I get angry over some shit. That's why like Hermione and Ron's romance in book six mm. pisses me off. No end. This is not the first time that we've gone back and forth. No, too. this is, yeah. we thought we gone back and forth because we just have different views on certain yeah. things, but just talking. To, I mean, now we're obviously we're now friends and, but, Thankfully, <laughs> and honestly, he and now we're not friends. <laughs> That's what I you heard. pissed me I off like, so much. Like, okay, yeah, I've been waiting to say this for so long. I've waited for a year to say this, Five but days. and you being feeling threatened with me with my hands. <laughs> you did hit me like three times. I would, oh my god, not tonight. You, yeah, you slapped me. What? No, I'm sorry. It's okay. I thought it was funny because I proved myself right. <laughs> I'm not a violent person. Uh, no, but like you guys, like really, like help bring out like a lot of this like thought process, and obviously it's boosted my creativity. Obviously, yeah. I started drawing comics about some of our conversation and some of our private moments while doing this, which and is always fun because doing these podcasts us becoming closer and everything. Like we've met like Sarah and like we've met yeah. like Amanda, and she's become like they've become part of our friend group and everything, mm-hmm. and doing so many creative projects together. And so I think that's another thing that stems out of this. And um, and yeah, it also expanded. Just I mean, Nikki and you haven't done other podcast but no I, I think I, that's definitely in the works yeah but like, like you and i have done more i mean we like you introduced me to rob with the star wars which i'm looking forward to expanding on yeah and i think oh. the most fun we've ever had was the movie theater one Oh yeah, my God. yeah. I mean, which I I I found because uh, I made I made a prop for the Instagram post for the VHS memories. I still have it, so I think we still need to do our VHS memories episode. Yeah, yeah. And that's I think it's kind of really cool because people ask me about it, and it's like, well, this is my friend Tim's channel. Like Tim brought us in, so like you have to take a lot of the credit. You're not going to because it's not you, but like yeah. you you started this. So I would have sat alone at at, my, at home. Wondering what I was doing with my life. Probably. Talking to the talking to the other Nikki and hating yourself yeah. doing it. Wondering why no one's going to the movies with you. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> well, that was this episode of Anything Goes. So I hope everyone's enjoyed our retrospective on the Harry Potter series. I'm going to watch a man beat a woman to death over Harry Potter. It's going to be fucking hilarious. I'm not a woman hater <laughs> or a beater. Yeah, like yeah. Connor everybody, everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna tweet yeah. at you like, OJ, OJ, you son of a bitch. If the glue goes, stop giving my. Good. I don't use Twitter, and this is why I stopped using giving my Twitter handle, so nobody knows who who I am. I don't even have a Twitter. You should get on Twitter. I should probably. You would. You would. I think you would really benefit with from it. But since we brought up social media, where can people find you if they want so to follow you? So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, all that jazz, um, Nikki Muggle or Nikki Muggle One. You can find me at DWDrawings, uh, DWDrawings.DeviantArt.com, where you can see a bunch of my drawings, including the comics of our Pottercast experiences, which are hysterical. Uh, a couple new ones are coming up. Plus, you can see uh, some of my uh, cartoon reviews, which I post there first. But you can also check out my uh, my uh, my blog, cartoon binge dot blogspot dot com. Uh, all my in depth reviews of cartoon series, new and old, are up there. And gets a little bit more pissed off me if you really want to look for it. <laughs> if you want to follow me on social media, follow me on Twitter at Timothy Rooney Two. And you can also follow this podcast's Twitter at Ginger Geek Pod under like it's anything goes. Follow me on Instagram at tbrooney1012. This Facebook and YouTube page under the same banner of Through the Lens Productions, and we're on iTunes, guys. Woo!
made Tim deaf this entire episode. No, That's you have. You did like seven times. Yeah, yeah. But also, like my my uh, earbuds are going out of me, so I, like I guess I made the moisture in my ears. That's why I got the electrical shock in my left and my right ear. Um, so yeah, like, leave us a five star review. If you think we enjoyed it? If you enjoyed this podcast, obviously download and share it with all your friends and family who enjoy Harry Potter and just maybe enjoy three. Uh, uh, I was gonna say like geeks, nerds, losers who enjoy discussing and a- analyzing Harry Potter. Right, introverts. There. Intro- like I'm an extrovert. I, I've discovered I am an I, extrovert. Introverted extrovert. I'm. Oh, I, how, how is that possible? Would you like me to explain? Or are please. you ending your podcast? No, no, no. I, 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 I'm, <laughs> yeah. No, because I've always considered myself an introvert, but I'm like I've so many things i've gone on my way to do a lot of things so i feel like so yeah it's you being outgoing but at the same time there's a part of you that um has these introverted qualities yeah so it's like you want to be alone but you also crave social interaction and you like have all these deep thoughts but you also are able to have multiple conversations and super friendly and outgoing and aren't yeah, afraid of meeting me. with people yeah so like there's there's an official word for it now but i don't remember it but they, it's the middle ground between the two which is i think what we truly are yeah no, no, i'm probably an introvert because i don't want because i want to deal with i want to deal with people at the same time i hate dealing with people <laughs> because people kind of suck i've been fucked over so many times that's probably why i'm an introvert and I'm glad we, we've never get, neither of us have given us a reason to, for you to uh, ostracize us from your life or anything. As far as you know, if you, if that was the case, why would you still do this? I'm, yeah, I'm Cut. pretty sure he would have. If one of us had, because I'm a masochist, that's why. <laughs> I explained some other friendships you have. It would have been me, not you, that went first. Just saying. Um, I'm on the chapping black people. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope everybody's enjoyed this lengthy review of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. So lengthy. <laughs> yes, it's a big penis joke. It's a great big <laughs> cock joke right there. Just lengthy, like plop. Like, holy shit, that's humongous and that's going in somebody. It's funny, too, because it was a penis reference and it really is a really long podcast. Yeah, I, I'm, oh, my. I'm splitting this in two pieces. I, okay, I, part I, one, part two. Yeah, like, I'm at, like, where we ended, like, uh, where the batteries die in the recorded for that's where for part one ends. Pretty much like how the movie ends, and the rest, the part two of this review is going with this. I think it's kind of fitting. Okay, so the next po- podcast is us taking on the movies, right? Yeah, we will do the commentary of Half Blood. Pre- I mean, ha- a Deathly House Part One. Wow, we already did the Half Blood. <laughs> mixing them all together. Yep, <laughs> a smorgasbord of Potter movies. Before we go any further, I'd say uh, everybody who, if they've listened to this far, gotten this far, and you've enjoyed these podcasts, I want to say thank you, and I want to say thank you guys for being. Part of this. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Hope everybody's. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? No wonder you're an introvert. (laughs) Thank God uh, this is almost (laughs) over. Everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of Anything Goes, and we'll talk to you soon.